I think Parks and Rec is actually more formulaic. Yeah, yeah really. I think they lean on formula more, and in my opinion, that makes them not as good. But it's a matter of degrees. I think, but I think it has more heart. Oh, for sure. It yeah, does. I would agree it with does. that. Yeah, because like, like the the office definitely starts from that like British like cynical yeah kind of sure. place. Definitely, um, that's a good point. And it and it gets better as it goes on, but it's still just kind of got. Well, that. yeah. Like those first couple seasons are like we're just really ripping off this all cringe comedy, and then they're like, "Oh, we found yeah, our niche and our thing," yeah. and then I think off the coattails of that of Parks and Rec happening, they're like, "Cool, okay, we found it. They found their heart. We're doing yeah. it by ourselves, and we have our own right. format." All right, too. guys, welcome to the podcast, Office Guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a Parks and Rec guy. It's right. Office Guys versus Parks and Rec guys. The other podcast that no one asked for. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so to get down to it, the real podcast that no one asked for, welcome to Church Jams Now. Church Jams Now. This is a podcast uh, where former youth group kids and current music nerds do a deep dive on Christian music from the 90s and 2000s. Guys, my name is Kylan Savage. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. What's up, Kylan? Uh, Nothing. What's up with you? I'm just sitting here looking at all your pretty faces, ready to get into this. Ah, shucks. Cool. Uh, So the guy speaking is, of course, our co-host, TJ Smith. What up, what up? Uh, whose beautiful face are you looking at the most? Uh, mostly, there's this one guy that we refer affectionately to as our beautiful, beautiful, beautiful producer, Josh. Yo, Josh. Hey, DJ. Thanks. It's very flattering. Hey, Although, I got to say, Kylan's facial hair is looking real good right now. So Thanks, man. Shout out on our audio-only format for yeah. something visual. Well, your voice is sounding real sexy. It's sounding a little rough. I apologize to anyone out there. Yeah, why is that, Josh? I... I don't know. Got something driving through Oklahoma on the way back from South Dakota. Don't we all? That's the story so. of anyone that's driven through Oklahoma. <laughs> that's what. That's the only thing that happens in Oklahoma. If you don't get something driving through Oklahoma, you're doing it wrong. Yep. I don't know what happened. So I sound a little, a little raspy. Little raspy. Well, yep. guys, we have a guest today. We sure do. Uh, the lead singer of Omaha, Nebraska-based hardcore band lucha Lucha. former lead singer of a band called del sur that josh and myself were both parts of. oh yeah Uh, artist (laughs) extraordinaire the guy that officiated my wedding yeah we have mr joe cutler yeah owner of yeti studios as well oh yeah man yeah joe hey a real renaissance man yeah thanks for having me uh, also, you forgot, Kyle, we were roommates for a good four years, weren't we? The best years of our <laughs> lives. <laughs> I still think about it. I think about like at 2 a.m. riding our bikes to Zini's and then just watching Adult Swim on their TV and being like, this pizza, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, uh, we were talking about <laughs> before before we started recording how we went through that phase where like everyone around us just thought we were stoned all the time. But it's just because we like loved food and loved each other. And we're just like, dude, I love you. Yeah. Also, this pizza is rad as hell. <laughs> yeah. We, it was, I get it was why people thought people, it. Multiple strangers. That's the thing. Right. These people who had no idea who we were just be like, hey, you would know. And be like, ah. Be like, I have no clue. All oh, no my clue. friends are good Christian folk. I don't. I'm <laughs> you, sorry. <laughs> you didn't need any help to get on that level. I did right. it. Exactly. That's the thing. Oh, yeah. I also had many people uh, assume similar things about me, so I, I get it. It's uh, it's Thanks tough. For knowing Josh, that ever happened to you? Yeah. Uh, I've heard that, but I didn't know if people were just like making that up or actually being serious. 
people uh, would say like oh yeah we thought josh was a stoner i was like are you just saying that as a joke i could you, you know actually... i could see that you've got a real chill vibe yeah you're like the mellow version yeah because i'm so chill yeah that makes sense it, it was the days that you were like oh this album came out i took the day off i'm gonna go get it <laughs> and then i'm gonna sit on my bed <laughs> just sit and, and just read all of the credits and it's like that yes. guy I forget on that level. You gotta get <laughs> yeah. definitely on something. I want what he said. Whereas yeah. Joe and I were just like, ah, let's go throw <laughs> our computers in the lake. <laughs> <laughs> Fully sober adult men. Yeah. That's the new name of this podcast. What's funny is it wasn't even in the, a lake. It was like in a pond <laughs> next to our apartment complex. <laughs> It was like a wow. might. It was like a one of those tube monitors. We're like, let's do this, and yeah. and it's probably there today. Now I think about probably, that. yeah, probably. You wow. probably see it from the Google satellite. <laughs> a testament <laughs> to your friendship. Yeah, yes. Because it was before, like it wasn't even a flat screen. It was like an old. No, it was it was a chunk CRT monitors. Yeah. Um. Well, okay. To move it right along, we've talked about our history a little bit. Um, but Joe, I want to just talk to you for a brief minute about like, yeah, what is your history with church jams with Christian music? You know, um, did you grow up listening to Christian music? Like, what's your deal? What's your deal, man? Yeah. Uh, so I'm a little different because like I didn't grow up with these things. So there's times when you guys would talk about like DC talk and I'd be like, I missed out on the golden ages. Oh, that's they were the golden ages. There's no Mormon DC talk. There's no Mormon DC talk. Like, <laughs> and uh, so I like I became a Christian and I was like, sweet. Guess I listen to this stuff now. <laughs> and so I'd be like, okay, skillet. And uh, oh, that band Reliant K. Did you guys know that Switchfoot was Christian? And I'd be like, cool. And then I grew up and I was like. Uh, that movie's it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But yeah, DC Talk. There, I remember. Uh, kind of. Do you remember that church? You worked at that church, and uh, there was that one sound guy who was all about this one band that was like Striper, and he had a DVD on hand always to play the live. I can't was it Petra? Petra. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like before service starts, it was like Petra just playing on the screens. And he was like, oh, this is great. I love it. It's <laughs> great. It. Well, so, Joe, I, this is a big thing that we just gl glanced over is that you grew up Mormon, right? Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. I did. So what could you listen to growing up that way? Yeah. What was your experience? I also have a joke that I can insert a little bit later. I mean, <laughs> I love that you disclaimed the joke. That's the most Josh thing ever. I want to, yeah, I'm teasing it. I mean, it wasn't just like Mormon Tabernacle Choir 100% constantly all the time. But like, oh, gee golly, man. I, <laughs> oh, gee golly. I don't know, man. Uh, I, I think I just, because I mean, I grew up like in that like punk, that punk rock scene. I mean, I listened to MXPX for a really long time, okay. which is now, I, now I'm like, oh, dang it. You got me. It was a Christian <laughs> band. Rise. Yep. It was like the Surprise. first album I ever bought in my life. That and like Comeback Kid, mm. which is also a Christian band. Mm -hmm. Dang it. Mm -hmm. You got me. <laughs> me. I was just being Mormon and being well, like. That's something that. we brought up before about the weird like Trojan horse of Christian bands being like. Yeah. Ha -ha, surprise. Like, ah, gotcha. gotcha. You're saved now. Yeah. 
That should be cool if you're a Mormon, though. I feel like the Mormon killers people... isn't the killers a Mormon band? Killers, yeah. I mean, they're all Mormon. Mormon. Rain of Flowers, but yeah, has, that's has... my that's my joke. Is that I was a couple years ago, I was living at a house in Mansfield, and like these uh, Mormon missionaries came by, and they were like talked to me. And they like came back a couple times because, and I was interested in like what they had to say, so I like invited them back. And I was talking to him and I was like, so do you guys like have like, we have Christian music that we listen to. You. Do you guys have Mormon music? And they're like, no, we have like the Tabernacle Choir. I'm like, is everyone just a big Killers fan? <laughs> Thinking that and I was like, I was like leaning into it. And they're like, what? Why? I was like, who? Brandon Flowers. Like, don't don't worry about like it. Guys. <laughs> yeah. So they didn't even that's get so it. Funny. But that's my Mormon music joke. <laughs> I love it. Doesn't land with Mormons, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> or non-Mormons. Maybe you just need to find the right Mormons. Maybe. True. Maybe yeah. there's some like huge killer fans out there that happen to be Mormon and they're listening right now and they're like, he's oh, that's a good one. If you are, Man. yeah, tweet us if, if if that was you right now. Please. We're here for it. Or talk to us on Instagram because I'm yes. in charge of the Twitter account and I don't really know how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so um before we really get into like the band and album we're going to talk about today, um, Joe, I just kind of wanted to... Well, I'll go ahead and say it. We're talking about Norma Jean. Norma Jean. Yes. So I brought up briefly in your intro, Joe, that you used to be the lead singer uh, slash screamer of Del Sur, which was a southern metal band that Josh started that we were in. Yes, yes, I did. And you're still like involved in the hardcore scene and stuff a lot. And I feel like you would, you know, I, I think you're going to bring a really good, interesting analysis to this album. But I wanted to maybe talk about your history with like hardcore music and stuff a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, like, I mean, I live in Nebraska now, but like I lived in Dallas there for a bit. That's where I met all you guys. And the whole reason I went there was to be a part of the music scene and do things in more of a illustration and design kind of way um and then we we got together and somebody was starting a southern metal project named del sur and i just remember being like i mean gee golly that has to be a shirt now <laughs> yeah i wish i guess yeah. i could be i guess i want to i mean you guys need a screamer i guess <laughs> i would love to do that and you guys are like, yeah, sure. And I was like, I had no idea what I was doing. I blew my voice out probably 80% of the time. <laughs> that was the beauty of that band is that none of us knew what the hell we were doing. Yeah, we're like, you're <laughs> exactly. like, guys, I want to do the vocals. We're like, cool. Have you ever done vocals before? You're like, no, I'm like, uh, we're like, okay, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's the beauty of being like 20 and like. That fits the vibe. Yeah. It's like, sure, we got time. Who did that and like. I, I think the beautiful thing is, is like, I'm, I've been up here in Nebraska for probably about like 10 plus years and I still run into people from the Dallas scene, uh, which is really funny because we're talking about Norma Jean, but I like, I printed these screen printed posters for their Redeemer, their 10 year Redeemer tour. Whoa. And uh, I ran into one of the guitarists of Mouth of the South or at the time they were rival choir. And I was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I that's kind of what I love about the scene is like you can you just run into people if you're a part of it that just become your community and you're like, this is this is cool. I'm just gonna go to the show and see what I run into. Speaking of that, y'all played some pretty cool shows, if I remember. Yeah, yeah. Who are who are some like 
some bands or shows what are some shows that you uh, remember there was the Stand i mean out. we played with mouth of the south a lot because they were part of like the same scene right uh what did we what was that one if i'm band? being honest i don't i don't remember anything. future on fire do you remember that yeah band? i do remember that. lonely yeah. bones tj we did there was once a band called the lonely bones and we did play a show with delta yes, dude you guys had a good sound I loved it. With Truth About Movie Stars too, right? Oh yeah, that's right. With Truth About Movie Stars on that show too. I think so. And that was that was part of the whole thing where we used to just triple threat. I, I've we've talked about that before, where our sort of pseudo incestuous music scene, where we we're just all in everybody's bands, and so every yeah. show <laughs> was just like one backline, and just like, all right, this guy's gonna sing now. All right, we're all switching it up. This guy's gonna play drums. Musical chairs, literally. Yeah. Well, I lo- okay, so when you were doing T-Tams, it was like... Oh, yeah, if you're playing the Church Gyms Now drinking game, uh, take a drink now that we brought up Truth About Movie Stars. <laughs> uh, you were playing a show or something, and I was this was, we were roommates at that time, and you were like, I have this banjo. You want to do it? Band I feel Joe. like that's literally every project I've been a part of. Is there like, you don't have any experience in this? Sure, you're the only one that's here. So, and then we do it, and then it was like that was awesome. And now I have a banjo somewhere. Yeah, right there. Actually, okay, to tie it back into the church jams now lore, I'm pretty sure that banjo I had was one I was keeping for Jonathan Hugendorn. Yeah, because I was yeah, recording was. his album. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's right. So, previous guest Jonathan Hugendorn. Man, shout out to Hug. Yeah. And any Johnny Hoog, man. really sharp listeners that are paying attention. <laughs> yeah, miss that guy. Yeah, it was really great to talk to him. But Joe, because Delser like played with like Mouth of the South, but once you moved up to Omaha and you were doing Saints and Poets, like in you you were on, you got to open for a couple big bills, right? Like that came through town. Like was it yeah, I mean, we played with Defiance when they were around. Who else did we play? Sixty eight. Oh yeah, we played with sixty eight in Kansas. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Nice. Which was uh, you want to talk about who what sixty eight is? Uh, sixty eight. So speaking of Norma Jean and this album specifically is Josh Scoggin, who uh did the vocals on that album, uh who was also known for Chariot and then once Chariots disband and did their final thing, started doing sixty eight stuff like that. You know what's really funny about that show is we drove down there and we're like, yes, our idol Josh Scoggin, so stoked to play with him. <laughs> It's going to be great. And then that show, there was like no one there. And we, we were like, why is no one here? And it was like, oh, All Time Low is playing sold out <laughs> at this place over here. Same time. So no one's here. Oh, like man. one person walked in. I was like, so who are you here to see? And they're like, oh, we were trying to get in the All Time Low show, but it's sold out. So someone <laughs> oh said there God. was something over here. Oh, they my came God. to you to scrape the bottom of the barrel for live music yeah. that night. Right. That's like that that story is just so uh, indicative of like something that I don't know if people are necessarily aware of. So like we've all played music together and separately for like a long time. And I think we brought up on Growing Up Fundy how none of us have ever like, quote unquote, made it. Uh, But that story is just like so indicative of like, yeah, Josh Scoggin, like, Norma Jean and the chariot like like these within these scenes like relatively huge 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 bands 
then is on tour and you guys go play and there's like no one there. I mean, arguably, like he's been at this point, you know, performing in this scene for like 20 years and still, <laughs> and there's just like no one there. Mm. It's just wild. Yeah. It's just wild. I yeah. think it's also a sign of the times. Like that was a scene and it was a time, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, like the heyday of, of of Norma Jean and the chariot. Oh God, yeah. I would only go see the chariot if I could sit down. <laughs> now you mean like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no sitting down at a chariot show. Yep. Oh yeah, because yeah. last time I saw the chariot, I got. Um, oh, so didn't someone I got, steal your wallet? Uh, that was every time I die. Oh, last time I saw right, the chariot. Right. Um, I got punched in the jaw and in the and <laughs> like busted my lip open. But it was so much fun. It was so good. <laughs> but now I'm just like, ooh, if it's too hot, if I can't have a beer and sit down <laughs> with like air conditioning, it's like, nah, I'm good. Forget about it. Hey, uh, guess what? If you go to those shows now, that's literally everyone in the crowd. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm busting the flannel out. And then you go right. there and you're like, wow, I fit a stereotype so yep. hard right I now. Saw, I saw we're a all tweet. wishing it's 10 p.m. Yep. and we can leave. Like- <laughs> I, I, I saw a tweet the other day. Someone was like, uh, at the Me Without You farewell tour, they're like, mm. but really, the amount of bald spots that are in the circle pit is telling. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, dude. Man, I saw Norma Jean and He Is Legend in early 2017. And like they were touring with uh, Comrades, so I think Joe knows, and then uh, another band called Capsize, which they've had some uh, some Me Too movement issues. They're no longer a band, and they were pretty <laughs> sketchy whenever we were watching them. Uh-oh. But I was there, and they're like, Comrades was great, and then Capsize gets on, and they're like, they're trying to get, they're like younger, and they're trying to get everyone amped up, like, come on, let's get some movement, some circle pits, and we're like, bro. We're all in our thirties. We're here to see he is. We're wait. We're saving our energy for he is legend and Norma Jean. We're not gonna like bust out for your little bit. Yeah, that's like, so you gotta know when your demographic is like in their thirties. The opener is not gonna get all that energy. No, you just gotta know that going in. Yeah, that's okay. Well, um, Josh, do you want to give us a little bit of uh, background on the band and stuff? We, we talked about a little bit of the history of Norma Jean TJ and I did on our chariot episode. Right. Yeah. We did all the way back episode or volume seven when we talked about the unsung EP, but um, I'm sure you've got a lot more details. I do. And this record is pretty special. So it's got some stuff that I feel like I have to mention, please. Uh, but like, like if you've covered the chariot, you're essentially covering Norma Jean kind of in a way, but Norma Jean is originally from Douglasville, Georgia. Josh Coggin is very proud of that which is right side of, <laughs> right outside of Atlanta. They started in 1997. They're still pre- they're still going present. Um they were under the first name of Ludicrous, which is L U T I hyphen K R I S S. Yeah, they were. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah, so they were Ludicrous. Wait, Joe, you didn't know this? No. Oh, oh yeah, wow. they were. So like I said, when did this album come out? This was, this was 2002. But they were yeah, Ludicrous. See, like, this was their first release not as Ludicrous. I wasn't that cool at that moment. I think I wore Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. And... They weren't that cool. They were called Ludicrous. It's <laughs> <laughs> a much better. It's not, a, yeah. it's not hey. about. It's not about levels of coolness. Hey, everyone <laughs> starts somewhere, that's and true. it's like only like it's spelled like you would pronounce like Ludicrous, kind of. Yeah. How Ludi- it's that's Ludicrous. like. Dude, yeah, that's so, they, so original. They changed their name in 2001 because also Ludicrous, the rapper, is from Atlanta. 
so <laughs> they changed their name to avoid confusion. I think there was a legal, wasn't there uh, some kind of legal action? Not that I know of. They just, they preemptively did it? I just, they maybe did, yeah. I just want to, I, I want to know the story. There has to be a story of like a show in Atlanta that happened with like janky hardcore band Ludacris and people showing up thinking a whole bunch of rap fans, the rapper, bridges. and being like, "What the just, hell like, is this?" Massively disappointed, they they like riot because like, it's the wrong there has to be a story, yeah. Musician and vice versa, it probably happened yeah. too. <laughs> All the Norma Jean fans went to see Chris Bridges. Like, what? Oh this my is god! Not, <laughs> but anyway, yes. Yeah, so they and I'll refer back to that uh, a little bit later with Ludacris. Um, but we talked about the members of Josh Goggins, the vocalist. This is his only norma jean proper release of him on vocals um and then obviously he went on to fame within the scene to do famously within the scene to do the chariot and he's still doing 68 right now as we talked about um this is like the original lineup of chris day on guitar who goes by Durr, um scotty henry josh doolittle was on bass and then daniel davison was on drums he left after a couple norman a couple records later norma jean and then he also played on the color revolts the cradle record he then joined Under Oath uh, to replace Aaron Gillespie and played on Disambiguation. Mm. And then he oh, later joined Every Time I Die to play on Low Teens. So he has been in a couple of oh, big wow. bands within the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So he's a great drummer too, which you'll hear on this record. Speaking about this record specifically, it was released August 13th, 2002. So it is turning 20 years old this year, which is crazy. Oh. Uh, I found it interesting that it was only released a year and five months after their last record, the, the last ludicrous record was called throwing myself and it was in 2001 so within a year and a half they had changed their name and recorded a whole new record um this was on solid state records which is a subsidiary of tooth and nail it was produced by adam d who we talked about who produced define the great line he's also produced i'm hollywood uh august burns reds thrill seeker and uh, a lot of obviously all the kill switch stuff wow oh interesting um and Joe was a great segue of talking about me reading liner notes earlier, <laughs> but <laughs> this is an example of why it pays off because in the liner notes for this record, it says this compact disc was recorded live in a studio environment and no computers were used in the recording sessions. Mm. Oh, wow. And Ooh, I, and I think they did that on the, on the first chariot record too. Yeah. I think Josh Goggin was like, we're not going to use computers kind of a purist for that so that is interesting and that is yeah but this was like the era of like producers not knowing what to do with this like noise chaotic like, like punk music like hardcore stuff like I, around the and same Pro time Tools was band. just becoming a thing too so maybe right. not everyone was caught up yet yeah like sampling and like plugins to do those kind of like things they'd be like i remember way back in the day like a band uh vanna did their first ep and they got signed by epitaph and they're like we're recording in the same studio uh, snoop dog was in and it was like the producer that was doing it was like i just know how to record your drums like and not have that like metal hardcore punch mm-hmm. and so and it really reflects within that that like era of like metalcore, hardcore stuff of stuff starting to come up, but like being like, especially in like drum quality of recording and stuff is just like a little bit where it's like, it just got recorded and this is what the producer did. That's just what it is. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Cause no one knew what to do with that yet. And then 
it got reshaped and refined to the square and is what we have today. Yeah. Well, and I think that's part of the legacy of this record is that it was recorded live or, and maybe there Mm -hmm. were cuts, but I mean, it's not like, Oh, we just need to punch that guitar part again. Like if they did have a cut, it's like, okay, everyone take it from here. Probably. I don't know. I'm assuming Mm. that they may have done it like all the way through of like, Hey, let's do these five takes of this song and keep the best one. Who knows? But yeah, I think that's definitely going to come up as part of like what makes this record so special is that it was recorded live. Um, And then the, it didn't chart or anything. And then the only last thing that I have is that on Spotify, like a lot of all the, the streams on this one are pretty moderate, except for, the one big one, which we all know, is will be laid to waste. Yes, it is. Yeah, which dude. is that's what they that's what Norma Jean still ends every show with. And that's like that's like the one. quintessential Norma Jean song, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, there's a reason why they still do it to this day. Oh yeah. So it's that, a it's a it's a crowd catcher. They're just everyone's just anticipating and waiting for it. Yeah. Yeah. I did see. So for this month, which I'm going this weekend, Me Without You, their farewell tour, 68 is opening for that. And I saw someone posted a video that, like, to end their show, Me Without You played the end of Memphis Will Be Laid to Waste. Oh, wow. Josh came out and did his part. And then Aaron did his part. And so awesome. Like, I hope they do that for our show. That's so cool. Dope, very dope, cool. Dope. That's great. So, That's anyways. so cool for a very specific group of people. <laughs> yeah, a very small specific group. Yeah. Anyways, I that's bet all that small my specific group reason. looked at the clock and was like, "That was dope." Oh, it's not even ten yet. I'm, <laughs> I'm so old. tired. Yeah, and I yeah, yeah. and I'm like still gonna be able to watch Stranger Things <laughs> and, and get to work in the morning. A okay, Joe, you yeah. got me. I was literally watching that last night. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, that seems like a good transition into like, what do you guys like remember from this record? Besides Memphis will be laid to waste. That obviously is in my mind. That's sort of like the big thing from this record. Mm-hmm. But did you guys like listen to this in high school and college? Like what? Uh, okay. So I got into Norma Jean during the Redeemer album. It was when I started finding all this stuff on pure volume and it was like, I'm an edgy kid who loves these obscure bands. You just don't get it yet. And I remember this album specifically, you ever, you ever have this one album and then you can see like four other albums in a phase of your life, all playing in rotation. Oh yeah. And this, it was, uh, this album chariots first album. And then uh divorce product plagues which if i really oh, think yeah. about those three albums i'm like just as raw as possible and like very recording quality is like you get what you get and you don't throw a fit like and <laughs> dude i that that early chariot stuff is really tough for me mm-hmm. it, it's but it's so raw i just like i can't i can't do it yeah, I appreciate it now because like my so in that phase I had those things, but then that was the era of like attack attack and like it started just getting pretty and like yeah, we got screams, but it was like, like super compressed, super like programmed drums and well it was like screams and it's hard. But like we have a chorus that's like is just gonna get those ladies. And like <laughs> I was like, that's where music's at. Like, you know, like yeah, the whole... was just like it's hard. Wait a minute. 
<laughs> sorry, sorry, Joe. Joe, I gotta pause you right there, man. What does it mean to have a chorus that's gonna get those ladies? It means you go, okay, here's the verse. That means we're screaming and it's going to be a breakdown and it's going to get the guys just like two stepping and and then the chorus is going to come in and those scene girls are going to love it. And Dude, then we'll go yeah. back to the screaming for the second chorus. I get exactly what you're okay. saying. I'm not necessarily proud of this, but I did used to call oh, yeah. a day to remember lady metal. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Because it's just like, it, it's like, it's so poppy. It's yeah. like such a pop structure. <laughs> I mean, Attack Attack covers. Oh, especially Attack Attack. Covered especially. Katy Perry. I kissed a girl on the, yeah. whatever that Punko's pop album was. Five, four or five. That's just a great um, business move, I think. No, I know. But yeah, so then you Cross compare that to this like right. super raw, just like. Yeah, and that was just, that was like in my like teen years just being like, that is great. I mean, that stuff's too much. I, but like, did you ever meet those girls? You'll be like, I like Dolores Prada. And then you'd be like, this girl's pretty cool. And then months later, they'd be like, I only like the chorus parts. Or, or I only like, uh, what was the one Under Oath song that right was at the, the end of? Drowning yeah, even before that, like, sleep, I'm drowning. Yeah. Dangerous business. Yeah. I only like Aaron Gillespie. And uh, <laughs> see, you're Joe. You're describing me. <laughs> That's you. You're yeah, yeah, you're, the, was that you're girl. the ladies. Only going, this is what only I'm here the for. under oath. Only the under oath <laughs> reference, though. I didn't even listen to those other bands, so I don't even know why I'm on this episode. To be honest, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't I'm kidding. TJ, we'll see yeah, you next week. <laughs> no, listen, listen. It's my turn now. Okay, I got into Norma Jean around Redeemer, and I liked the. What was that? Okay, both of y'all brought that up. That was like 2006, right? seven. Oh six, you're right. You're yeah. Right. Okay. 06. Yeah. So I got into I got into them around Redeemer, which was 06, and then I liked the Chariots unsung EP, as we talked about, Kylan, on our episode mm-hmm. about that EP. Um, so I kind of went back and checked out Bless the Martyr. I really didn't get into it that much other than Memphis maybe laid to waste. And that was because I already liked me without you. And, and yep. I was like, okay, I'm here for this. So that was that was my entry point. Yeah. So like mm. I don't know. I uh, again I don't I won't have much to weigh in, but I'm really excited to dig back into this album. I, maybe I will really appreciate the kind of scrappy, like uh, purist aesthetic that you're talking about, Joe. I'm excited to see. Yeah, I sure hope so. Because like, I, I I feel like as I grew up, I went like go hard or go home, people, sure. and, and then I started appreciating that like and not formulated like hardcore music that sounds the same and i think that's why the chariot like found me later in my life like i went to their farewell tour i fell in love with uh that whole moment uh fell in love with birds and row and like all these just hardcore like let's do some chaotic things on weird time signatures right and let's just do it it's weird it's different and have fun with it and it will work so I'm really excited to jump back into this album because I haven't listened to it in probably probably like a good three years. Okay. Honestly, I feel really embarrassed about that. But <laughs> You should. You should feel incredibly embarrassed. Thanks. Josh, man. I wanna know. It's I, wanna I don't know, feel it anymore. I wanna know your Norma Jean deal. Right, I'm gonna continue the trend and say I got into Norma Jean on the Redeemer record. Air five, Josh. I, that was my entry point as Three well. Three of a kind. Redeemer is so good. Boom. 
Yeah. Am I going to break the streak? Uh-oh. Maybe we'll you will. Out. So, and then I went backwards, like through their discography, find and got out into on Patreon. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> got into Oh God. Um, and then I think I was a senior before because the family Christian bookstore in my town didn't have Bless the Martyrs, Take a drink. So, so I couldn't even buy it. Mm. So it wasn't until Mardell opened that I actually could get Bless the Martyr on CD. And so I was already a senior, so I like listened to it. I remember these vivid memories of like taking these long drives for like our baseball games when we were playing in like the boonies, like in Kerrville um, and like being in like my school van on the way to baseball and on the way back, like listening to bless the martyr. (laughs) Um, And I wasn't ever super into it. It's definitely not my favorite Norma Jean record. Um, But I, as time has gone by and like, as I'm still involved in like the Norma Jean community, I'm in a Facebook group about it um and obviously this record is very well beloved so i have revisited it and i i really appreciate it on like i respect this record and i like it on the technical level so i'll listen to it every 12 to 18 months because i love that it's like live and it's a good energy it's not my it's not my go-to norma Jean record but um so i did listen to it a lot in high school and then within the last couple years i've i'll throw it in the rotation every now and then to kind of like revisit it so cool so josh i have a question for you because like it in my because there was that back then there was like as soon as josh scoggin left norma jean people were like chariot purists and be like yeah boo norma jean chariots where it's at and kind of stuff like that and i was like but i like both for different reasons so like i feel like i would love this album now uh strictly on a chariot level like going this album doesn't feel like norma jean because i mean literally it was just the first album and then they literally went into what they have now essentially uh with Corey, and it's that sound forever with norma jean and then right. so i almost feel like this album's like it's like a proto i love it record. because it's like chariot right. yeah. not because it's like norma jean because like you get to anti-mother and you're like norma jean has its own thing and it is just hard yeah it'll just it'll just crack your neck it's fantastic yeah i definitely think that's part of it especially for me too being like oh they did this with adam d which he's like pretty cool within the scene and then like scoggin was on vocal so it's it's like the classic lineup so i think that all plays into what makes it special yeah i agree Mm, i'm glad you made that distinction joe to like sort of view it Mm -hmm. through the lens of like proto chariot yeah yeah that's good the same lady metal no lady metal (laughs) kylan yeah I want to hear. I want to hear you. What your story is? Okay, so my uh, access point to this record mm-hmm. was actually. Um, I'm going to share my screen because I'm going to share some. To audio. Norma Jean in general, or to this record? To Norma Jean in general um, was 2007. Uh, there is a group called the Legion of Doom. Uh, for people that don't know this, uh, the Legion of Doom is two guys that they came out with one. Uh, it's not really an album. It, it, they did remixes and mashups. And in 2007, they did an album called Incorporated, where they did mashups of like different uh, emo and hardcore songs. Uh, so they have like. 
Uh, I Know What You Buried Last Summer, which is a mashup between Buried Alive by Census Fail and Your So Last Summer by Taking Back Sunday. <laughs> I mean, this is like little high school Kylan's like dream album, <laughs> right? It's like it's DJing, like remixes, mashups mixed with like my emo screamo thing they did dangerous business since 1979 which is under oath and me without you awesome um but on that record i'm gonna play it for you guys real quick um they have ebola in memphis which is where they mashed up ebola rama by every time i die yeah memphis will be laid to waste by norma jean featuring a verse from rapper krs1 um which is super rad so i'm just gonna play it for you guys real quick here and we'll, we'll put a a link in the episode notes um, but I thought it was the coolest thing when I was in high school. You guys hear that? This is the most Kylan thing ever. It really is. Right, isn't it? <laughs> nice, nice. Also, that tempo change is, like, really funky. Uh-huh. It's, like, groovy. Yeah, the coolest thing was, like, they took all these songs and, like, mashed them up. Like, songs that, like, I feel like weren't getting a lot of attention uh, but within this scene. So this was actually, like, my access point into Norma Jean like like I had always that's so wild I had always heard of Norma Jean but I I never really listened to them uh and then I heard this and then I was like okay that one guy's voice sounds really familiar and that happens like later in the song I was like oh that's Aaron Weiss from Me Without You Mm. I was like oh okay cool and then I started to kind of put it all together yes um, but that Legion of Doom album incorporated is like so good. I still listen to that like pretty regularly. Nice. Um, it is the most common thing ever. I remember Legion of the Doom. Where happened? To, are they, is he still doing? This? I don't think so. I think it was just like this one thing, and he just never came. Yeah. Basically, emo night's been trying to find him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like since the sister. Hey man, when you when you reach perfection, there's no need to keep going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We have to find him. Um, so is this like the record that you got into Norma Jean with or like your first foray into them because of that song? Yeah. Yeah. And then I listened to the rest of this record and I haven't honestly, I don't, I didn't listen to a ton of Norma Jean. I was kind of out after this one. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Um, Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause I got into it from Legion of that Doom. Makes and sense. Then, You're a Scoggin purist, aren't you? But my. I was a Taylor and, Swift purist. And like, it. I it. am. <laughs> It, well, there's a lot of like metal and hardcore that I really enjoy, but like the point of time in which I was like really, really into just like straight chaotic hardcore, that window was like pretty brief. Yeah. Cause I'm definitely more of like a pop guy. And so this album happened to like get under the wire uh, with that. And so I'm pretty excited to listen to it so i guess uh, the question is like do we all think it's gonna flop or bop mm, that is the question Ooh. bless the martyr kiss the child who's gonna go first i'll go first since i'm already talking go for it um i i think it might flop for me why is that go on just just where i'm at right now you know and as we've talked about um my flops or bops are subject to change. Um, and that's okay. That's right. Um, I think... Joe, I you're think... like our podcast therapist. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for you guys. Mm. 
I'm so sorry you had to feel that way. <laughs> so I don't know how long the record is, but I it's remember really long. being a pretty. I remember it being pretty. There's long. a 15 minute song on this record. Oh, Just no. one yeah. song is 15 I minutes. I wish you hadn't told yeah. me that. <laughs> yes. Nope. So that's okay. my thing. I mean, is, if you guys want, we can take a nap during that and then come back to that. Perfect. That song. Well, we have a week. We have a whole week to listen to it. So. Um. I just think it's going to be too long. Just save that for like one day. I think it's going to be too long for me. I think mm. in classic Kylan fashion, I think I'm going to be able to find a really great EP out of this record. I can't wait. Uh, that is going to be a bop, like five songs that are just going to be killer. Um, and then the rest of it, I think it's going to, I think it's just going to be too long. Now, now so. I'm just going to try to figure out what that Kylan EP is going to be. As I listen, it's the one fifteen-minute song, and that's it. Just yeah. the no, it's ju- it's it's just the Legion of Doom, Ebola, and Memphis <laughs> five times. But wait, Kylan, that's not even on this album. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm gonna say similarly. I think it's gonna flop, but I want to bop it. Like I want, I want it to be a bop, but I do think I'm gonna flop it because I was so much more a fan of. Norma Jean Circa Redeemer and The Anti-Mother. Those are like my two top albums of theirs. So mm. oh, I, I would love nice. I would love to get back into it and be like, this is awesome. Never mind, I was wrong. But at the moment I'm gonna say it's gonna be a flop. TJ, how do you think lyrical quality is gonna hold up on this record? I again I think that's why I like their other albums better. Because the uh-huh. the lyrics to me were stronger in those other albums, but it's also been a long time. I love Joe that you were like embarrassed to admit that it's been three years or something since you last listened to this album. <laughs> because I probably last heard this album when I was a freshman in college or something. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. So understandable, totally. Understandable. I don't know. I mean, if you ask my mom, she's definitely not listening to this album. So. Hey, you've won. She should her. be really embarrassed. She should be the most embarrassed. She is super embarrassed about it. Joe's mom hasn't even listened to Can it. Can we get her on part B, please? I, I need mean, her. Honestly, hot take. she's probably never listened to my music as well. So Well, that's a mistake. What, is, like, what does your mom think of your music? That thing. <laughs> I mean, she probably we don't talk about it. So right. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> if she was, I'd be like, I do this thing. She'd be like, oh, that's cool. And then if I showed it to her, she'd be like, I just don't get it. But if it makes you happy, that's fine. <laughs> that's sweet. But then would resent me a little bit. And if I'm not around, she's like, Joe does that weird music. It's loud. <laughs> it's so angry. He's not Mormon and loves that weird music. <sighs> so weird. The plight of every Mormon parent. <laughs> Speaking of a Mormon, I just remember this. You know, how your, your dad just always thought, I was just a secret Mormon on a mission. Oh yeah, my, my like, dad all through all through college <laughs> guys. was convinced that you were an undercover Mormon and yes. you were on your mission, but your mission wasn't to go somewhere else. It was to secretly infiltrate. Oh, like the Troy and Abed Christmas wrap? Yes. Basically. <laughs> yes. But Mormonism. Exactly. Yes. I love that. And to infiltrate my family and turn us all Mormon. He'd always be like, he'd probably be like, how's Joe, that secret Mormon? He's going to get you what a long con. That's awesome. I hope that's yeah, well. And the joke is. was yeah, like, still convinced. If I bring up Joe in a conversation years later, I'm still there. Well, and the joke was always like, one one day Joe is just going to be like, guys, I gotcha. You're all Mormon now. Surprise, you're all Mormon. I'm still Mormon. And I then we're going to be like, ah, Joe, yeah, guys. And then I'd be like, darn you're it. You're Mormon. Gotcha. Look under your seat. You're a Mormon. <laughs> you're a Mormon. Gotcha. 
That's so funny. Okay, so back to the if it's gonna bop or little flippity flop. I'm not 16 anymore. Wait, what? Uh, I feel like I'm gonna appreciate it more. And I love harder music. As soon as someone starts singing a chorus, and I'm like, boo. <laughs> so I feel like I'm gonna, I feel like I, I'm gonna love it. Now, here's the thing lyrically, is it gonna hold up? Because, like, this is an infant. This is a, here's the first album right. of Norma Jane. Is it going to be like, ooh, there's some really cool like things that hit me in my heart or in my gut that was just like, that was dope and executed properly. Because like, it's like everything with Norma Jean has been like, yeah, that was the first album. But like, if you, you get to Redeemer or Anti-Mother, you're like, yes, they found it. Mm-hmm. This is what they should be doing. This is just heavy as I'll get out. Uh, and it's good. So. I don't know. Maybe it flop because the lyrics, or I'm gonna love it because uh, I'm very, I'm very lyrically driven within. Thus, I love builds. I love just like dropping, doing false builds. I just love getting weird and give me a curveball. So maybe it'll bop because of that. Well, and Scoggin has a very unique lyrical approach. But the fact that you're such a big Chariot fan, yes, it already predisposes you to liking it. Because if you went in not even knowing like his lyrical style, you'd be like, what is he even talking about? This is a weird way to write a song. Yeah. But yes, it, you can, that, that through line from this to the chariot is there. So, yeah, that's true. Uh, production value. Like, is it, was it, that's what I'm like. Cause it's in that, that area of like, there's a change of hardcore music. It's not just like, Oh yeah. Hardcore sounds like punk. So therefore make the drum sound like this. Mm-hmm. And it's in that area of like, it's going to be raw and stuff, but is production going to take me out of that moment uh, of me going like, I'm going to hear a snare drum that just sounds ridiculous. And I'm going <laughs> to be like, no one caught that. <laughs> <laughs> or like I was, in 2007, uh, me and a really bad ex-girlfriend got uh, connected through Norma Jean. So maybe we'll flop because of that. Gonna have some, I'm going to yeah. put it against that. <laughs> it will just bring up those memories. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Or it will hit so hard that I'll be like, damn, that's a bop. What are you going with, though, for your answer? Oh, as my prediction right now? Yeah, so essentially right now we're two flops and a non-answer. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to bop. All right, Joe, way to be. All right, Josh, what about you? You going to (laughs) create a tie scenario here? Okay, I feel like I have to, though, because this record is like so like the critical side of me in order to like uphold my what little like acclaim I have being critical of music. (laughs) I feel like I have to be like critically. I recognize this record as a bop because of because it's Harold because it's like one of those classic records that you can't like say is bad because you'll lose street or got out and get kicked out of the norm right the norm yeah, yeah you're gonna get kicked out of your facebook norma jean facebook group it's called norma machine yeah <laughs> oh my gosh. all one word so but it's one of those ones like okay i wasn't ever crazy about it um but like i do listen to it and i enjoy it critically for what it is like for what like production value for doing everything live and i think this is one that they do a lot of cool musical moments kylan i think you're gonna get bored because songs go on very long there's a lot of five minute songs on here the last one's a seven minute song there's a 15 minute song no but Uh. if you think about them doing it live that they're doing all this live they're playing together they're in a room together doing all this like 
I think that gives it a pass. If they were just like recording all their parts separately by themselves, I think they'd be like, guys, shorten these songs up a little bit. But because they're doing it live, I think that gives them a little bit they're of kind like, of jamming a little bit. Yeah, because then you can yeah. be like, and you can kind of like put yourself in that room almost because of it. So okay, yeah. Cool. So I feel like I'm gonna have to go bop here. I know I bop everything, but I <laughs> and I listen to this. That's great. There's some tension now. We have two flops and yeah. two bops. And I listen like, to this semi regularly. I think I listened to it probably in like January this year. So it's probably been. Some... You hear that, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. So embarrassed in front of Josh here. <laughs> no, no. It's dude, three years. I'm telling my fine, mom. Joe. Like, three Josh, years is fine. <laughs> Josh just listened to the Nor. <laughs> Bless my heart. Just a child. Like in January. <laughs> Way more recently than I did. And she'd be she'd like, be like oh, they're there, Joe. Oh, okay. she'd probably be like, because she has really bad hearing. She'd be like, uh-huh. oh, mm. yeah. <laughs> bless those martyrs. Bless, bless those martyrs. Kiss those children. Kiss those children. Um, Cool. So we got two flops and two bops. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Real quick, have any of you guys listened to the new Norma Jean single that came out yes, on the 16th? I have. Yeah. I have not yet. I don't like it. You don't? Really? It feels like shitty, like, disturbed. It's got, like, a real, I like, tell disturbed I can tell quality. they're trying something different. Or they got a new producer, because they used to just go to this guy in St. Louis and uh, hmm. and do really cool it's experimental things. the same guy things. that produced Meridional. Mm. Oh, really? Is it? Mm-hmm. I like Meridional. Interesting. I don't like it. I don't. I, I did notice that they're doing something different vocally a little bit. And I was like, what is that? It's weird or like early, like kill switch engage or something. Did you listen to mm-hmm. the last record at all, Kylan? No. I didn't think you were still in the loop of Norma Jean. No, I, I, I mean, stuff shows up on my release radar. I also listened to whatever 22 Taylor's version because I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, dude. Just if it pops up in my Spotify. My Spotify algorithm is so messed up at this point uh, that every time Insane Clown Posse comes out with a new song, oh, no. release radar is like, hey, you're going to love this. And I'm like, <laughs> no, what the hell, Spotify? But I'll listen to it. And I'm like, this is really funny. Why does Spotify make me listen to this? And then it just, it's like a, it's like a cycle, like a vicious circle where it just like, I ironically listen to ICP <laughs> when Spotify shows it to me. And then Spotify's like, oh, oh, you love this? You're going to love this shit. Here you go. Here's more. Man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, when we come back, we will pull him, uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman and dive right into 2002's Bless the Martyr, Kiss the Child by Norma Jean. Welcome back to Church Jams Now. Did you miss us? Church Jams Now. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Thank wow. you, Joe. So, if you guys can hear the massive void left by in the absence of our very own TJ Smith. You can hear um, it and you can feel it. Exactly. We can feel it. Our Our whole vibe is like totally different. Is this how you guys felt when you did part A of Define the Great Line without me? Yeah, kind of. It, it just feels a little weird. It does feel very weird. Um, yeah, so I know we, we kind of usually bring this up for the listener. We just had a little break, but for us, it's been a week. So we had time to like listen to the albums and stuff. And um, unfortunately, right before um, 
we were all sitting down to record this. TJ just had some family stuff that uh, he had to take care of. And since this is more of a hobby than anything else, none of us begrudged him <laughs> going to do that. And we decided to, you know, power on, power through, although he will be dearly missed throughout this conversation. Although I'm thinking uh, I was talking to him and he's going to try to uh, either at a certain point in this recording, he may be able to jump on and talk for a little bit or he'll record some of his thoughts uh, and then we can maybe splice that in towards the end. Does that work for you, gentlemen? Agreed. It better, because that's all we got. <laughs> Perfect. TJ, we love you. We miss you. Um, so Wait, so if you're going to splice C- or TJ, CJ, <laughs> TJ into this, I don't know. TJ, what do you think? <laughs> Should we just leave opportunities <laughs> for TJ? That was, that was awesome, <laughs> TJ. Good job. Yeah, should we down. up front right now and just be like... That's a very yeah. interesting point, TJ. Yeah. Or, or what is it? That I'm doing in our drinking game. What we should just it? pretend he was never gone. And just have like real bad edits the whole episode. Yes. Oh my god. Just have his audio at a totally different level than yes. everyone. Uh, I think I always say, yeah, that makes sense to me. That's something I realize when I edit this podcast. That's like one of my, it's not like a tick, but it's like one of my things. I always just say, yeah, that makes sense to me. So maybe we can just drop in a bunch of those too. Perfect. Yeah. So guys. Hey. Josh and Joe and me, we're all we're all here. I don't know. I don't know what to do without TJ. It is a little weird. It is weird. It's hard to like. It's hard to like get started. Yeah, we've never um, done a part B without anyone too. Wow. I know. I know. This is you can do a part. A. You can do a part A like no one's business. That's easy. Right. But part B, that's different. It really, really is. Uh oh. Before we get into the actual like track by track on the album. Something that I realized the second after we finished recording last week, uh, did we bring up at all that Norma Jean, like their name? No, which is not. yeah okay. This like I don't know why it like hit me. I was like, oh yeah, I feel like it's maybe kind of important to talk about the name Norma Jean and how they got their name from Norma Jean Baker, which was Marilyn Monroe's birth name. I don't have anything to add to that except that that's an interesting fact. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's spelled different. Isn't there like an E at the end of Gene? I don't think so. Oh, maybe not. Okay. I thought there was like a one difference, but Wow. Yes, so correct. part A research, Josh, is very different from part B opinion, Josh, huh? <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> very opinionated. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You're right. Let there is that. an E. Yeah, there yeah. You you're so smart. See? Look at that. That's why, that's why I the keep The research is still kicking in. <laughs> this is like one of those things like you just learned super early on if you're a Norman Jean fan and then you never like look it up again because you're like, oh, I know it. So then you're like, wow, and I need to refresh right. to see if there is an E or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now we got that out of the way. You guys ready to. No, it's important. It is. It is. Uh, we ready to dive into this album, y'all? Yes. I'm ready to jump into this episode, even though the entire podcast is counting on TJ. But we don't even know it. That's true. TJ, what do you think? Are you ready? (laughs) We'll give you a second. Now, now now I just like, I don't even want to do bad edits of TJ. I just want to leave it as is of us (laughs) leaving pauses for TJ. And then he just has something short at the end. Yes. 
Well, think of like, yeah, if people are listening and like there's no TJ, then when he finally does come in, man, I know the wave of relief that will come upon them. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, he's finally back. For sure. <laughs> okay, guys. So 2002's Bless the Martyr and Kiss the Child. We're going to start off with track number one. Everyone is counting on me and they don't even know it. This is totally TJ's song. That's not even. <laughs> exactly. This is TJ's song, right? Because we're all counting on him and he doesn't know it. That's not his exact track name. Nice. He's got something. Well, I said this is a good album opener. Um, yeah. But uh-oh on that snare sound. Kind of oh, going back like to it? it. No. Well, yeah. well, I, well, we'll talk about it as the record progresses. But on this song, I was like, I don't. And kind of going back to Joe's point in part A of just like, it feels like they just kind of put the drums in there and just kind of mic'd them and didn't really know what to do with them yeah there's a song later on that it's like it starts with like snare and tom and you're like this is definitely just going it is in the room the drums are just room tone and that's what you get yeah through the whole album although i i will say by the end of the record i don't know if it was like snare stockholm syndrome but i really did start to enjoy (laughs) the sound of the snare (laughs) like i hated it at first and by, by the end i was like I kind of miss that snare sound, but I did always throughout the whole thing hate the toms. I think the toms are They're the, the worst. worst. They're flat. I want beef. <laughs> okay, so what's interesting before, like I had heard this record, <clears throat> I was like, got into them with late, like later Norma Jean stuff. So then I like went back to this record to like listen to it for the first time, and I had read stuff about like how revered this record was, and I had specifically read people talking about like oh man, but the drums on this record are so good. And so I went in like the first time expecting like, I'm going to hear this massively awesome drum sound. And then I heard this and I was like, maybe I just don't understand drums. (laughs) (laughs) So it's funny that that's something that y'all are still are noticing that. Yeah, I don't like the drums and and we'll talk about it more on other specific tracks. Um, I've definitely not as bad as Striper, but I do have some problems with the drums on this record. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if you really break down, like, because it just really dates it, mm-hmm. uh, just how they were mixed. Uh, if you really like look at things in that, like, metalcore albums in that era, you got like Kill Switch Engage, and then like uh, The Bled had an album come out the same year. So, like, I feel like this this was like a little more chaotic and mixing wise it was like, yeah, whatever you did is what we're going to do. And we'll go from there. Uh, cool. We're done. That's what you get when you do it live. Yeah. Plus it being like a first album kind of thing and being like, cool, we recorded an album and then you get your mix back and you have no notes. You're just like, sounds great. Yes. We have talked about this. Uh, CJN listeners take a drink. My first band, the truth about movie stars. Um, uh, we recorded our our first album and got the mix back and we were like 16 we didn't know any better and it sounds awful like really 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 terrible i don't understand how in the room it you know you get one sound and then at the other end of the recording process it's like oh no the guitars sound like junk and 
but you don't even know any better because right you're like it was like our first time i can hear myself playing coming out of some speakers that's not my amp like whoa yeah yeah i do i am interested i don't have much to else to talk about like the song itself but while we're already talking about the drums what do y'all think about just like the mix in general overall um i so i had this as a note on another song but yeah let's get into it here um you can save some of that if you want to i thought like the production of the like the record feels really thin right like really kind of high end like the drums are kind of flat and there's not a like there's not a lot of bass on the record Mm -hmm. um everything from the guitar tone um to the snare sound to his vocals and stuff all just feels like just really kind of tinny and and thin and a little cheap which you know kind of like we said is a little bit of the time and probably the the budget and this being a first record and stuff but i wasn't really blown away by any of the production because i don't know how early adam d even got started in producing stuff but i mean this was like this would have had to been right around the time like was kill switch's first album like oh one or two thousand like somewhere around there yeah still pretty early and starting out right so he wasn't even like Adam D of Killswitch at this point, I don't think, right? Yeah. If he was, he was barely up and coming. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean the first thing I was saying overall in this album was the toms not being as beefy. Cause I just wanted to just like vibe with that. Well, it sounds like it sounds like music venue drum mixing, which um Yeah. I know TJ isn't here, but I know he would like to talk about drum mixes uh, live. TJ, versus, what do you yeah. think of the drum mixes? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, yeah, oh, that, yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah, that makes sense. To okay, me. that changes um, how I think about this, TJ. <laughs> so, for people that that don't know, um, which I'm guessing is probably a lot of our listeners, um, when because I've I mostly play drums in a metal band with, with, with both of you guys. So I feel like I have quite a bit of experience of like shitty punk venues and loud, chaotic music um, and how those are, are mic'd and things. And something that, that I find interesting is I feel like when you're recording an album, um, the way you typically want to mix your drums and your toms in particular uh, and your kick drum is is you want to have a lot of that sort of low end to kind of fill it out. But when you're playing live um, and you're mixing in multiple guitars and a screamer and bass and everything, uh, that's just going to get lost in the mix. It's going to muddy up the mix, uh, which is going to be pretty muddy already with like, you know, um, distorted guitars and, and things like that. So when you're playing live, like, like as a live engineer, you typically want to kind of, when you're EQing toms, you you mostly want to focus on just the attack. You know what I mean? Which is just that making sure that you can hear that someone is hitting a Tom. The tone is not important at all. Um, but that is like a pretty big difference. I think in, in recording drums for an album versus live. Um, and I feel like they, they leaned more towards the, like, live music um sound mixing for this Mm -hmm. because you can hear he's hitting a tom but the toms don't sound tuned um you don't hear anything but that sort of like kind of ringing hollow tom attack sound yeah that makes sense so you think so you think that like coming into this like they were like this is 
this is how like, we're going to do it. We want it to sound like you're at our show. Yeah. Like, and we've heard, uh, what's his face? Adam D. Yeah. We've heard his work before. Right. So like he can do it. So I'm wondering if this was like a creative choice, but, or if it's like, like kind of what Josh was saying, like if he was kind of up and coming and maybe most of his experience was, you know, engineering for live venues rather than records. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It is completely different. This is also the band that didn't want to record using any computers. And right. Josh has distortion on his voice the whole time. Oh God. Yeah. I know. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that <laughs> later too. Let, the only other thing I want to say is like that this is going to start with this song and then through the whole record that this is like, there aren't really any verses or choruses. Like, there's no song structure almost. And you talked about in the Define the Great Line episode that if you were playing in this band, there's no way you could like play these songs. Yes. There's absolutely no way I could like play in this band and like remember what part comes next and being like, right. Cause there's no structure. It's just like, it just goes. It's so. all just chaos. Very, very linear. Yes. And that's the whole yeah, record. Yeah, but that's the point. That's the point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I know. It's going, let's just let's get that energy out it's all that live aspect of everything and it's going okay we're just gonna make amazing we're just gonna do hard-hitting riffs and going into this album like i i had a hard problem with like the mix of this and then also like the longevity of certain songs (laughs) (laughs) yeah we'll get to that Uh, we'll get to that uh we'll definitely get to that uh but then i started thinking about like how i didn't get the chariot but like I think way back in the day, me and you, Kylan, would say, if the chariot can make it, then so can we. Yes, I talked about that with TJ on our chariot episode about how, as like a snotty kid, I always said the chariot was my biggest music inspiration because if they can make a yeah. record like that and be popular, <laughs> then I sure yeah. as hell can. Which like speaks to our like naive like early twenty like brains being so cocky, right? But like you see chariot and then you're like i get it right i get it it's the live show that's the more important so like when like you hear certain songs on these you're like okay live aspect of this song this would be a banger like this would build and that crowd would just be going nuts right but L- literally we're yeah. we're like we're checking off my entire list done. of all of all of my <laughs> notes <laughs> tj <laughs> like, what do you think we've been talking about this song for like this is perfect almost as long as the record Don't worry, i got you i think this is the only one i forgot to write any notes on so okay good okay good <laughs> great that you okay, guys good. filled it out for me <laughs> we definitely filled it out so let's move on to track number two face colon face <laughs> This one, besides Memphis Will Be Laid to Waste, is the only other track that I really remembered from this album. No, this is a really good one. Uh, I think this is one that I, throughout the years, I, I've gone back to more than this record as a whole. Uh, yeah, I think this is super solid, like, from the beginning and stuff like that. It does have that in the tendency to just be, like, high energy the whole time, so it does get a little bit hard to follow every once in a while. But, like, these are my notes. Are you ready for this? So like 
Oh yeah, it's right here. Oh, this is when my daughter's opinion, like, because she came in and oh I was listening God. to. I love it. it. Oh, what did Lily say? That's what I want to know. She's, this is Lily's opinion. I don't know, dude. You just listen to whatever you want. Don't <laughs> ask me. <laughs> but uh, with this this song, face face, I I could see the live aspect of the song being like, this is when the circle pit happens and mm. like the crowd goes wild because i mean you've got that like she simply will not die part and that would just like just set everyone wild so that's where i see it in this song i do i do notice like a repetitive thing in this like album in general which like really speaks to like live let's just repeat stuff forever and ever and i'm just gonna say the same thing over and over but it does get very tiring oh yeah no this was the first song on uh when i was looking i was listening on spotify and i took a screenshot it's like the lyrics are so short it's like four lines of lyrics okay so what i had to do i noticed on spotify when i was like looking up the lyrics it didn't have all the lyrics right because it was like ah (laughs) and so i had to like google it and i went to the first website it didn't have all of it i had to go to like shout out to genius.com because they actually had them and i'd be like oh wow this episode is sponsored by genius.com yeah really not a sponsor (laughs) uh uh, but yeah that's like i just feels i mean it's it's uh a very early album but like i feel like a lot of the things could have been like oh you could have said this twice and then gone into a completely different part and just consolidated a little bit more. Like repeated forever live. That would have been awesome. But like as a production. Right. Or like um, in the mix and on a produced album, I feel like you a lot of this album you could have just like condensed <laughs> the song and been like, it works great. It yeah. works great. You didn't say that too much. It was great. Yeah. We, uh, live, what you're feeling, go for it. Yeah. I think it's like a double edged sword because one, uh, sorry, I'm forgetting here forget things hold on sorry oh my gosh what was i gonna say i think tj knows tj knows tj what was i gonna say yeah (laughs) on one side wow i really love you i was like i would have liked to have maybe a little bit more because scoggin's a very well thought out guy yeah absolutely even even on like the lyrics that i don't totally understand what the song is about i still like it makes me think of something so i'm like when he does repeat things, I'm like, maybe it would have been cool if you would have done something here. Cause he does at the very end of this song after that, she simply will not die part. He repeats what he said in the beginning. Yeah. So as like, I would have liked to hear something more there, but at the same time, we don't have verses, choruses, bridges. So mm-hmm. repeating words, I guess is the most memorable thing he could do lyrically. Right. Cause yeah. like, you're like, Oh, we don't really have a chorus. So if you repeat it, I guess I'll remember it a little bit better, but though I did find it's like, this isn't like, 10-year seasoned Josh Scoggin. This is like the band I did before this was called Ludacris. <laughs> right, <laughs> so like, right. No, there's uh, definitely like a... Where you go, okay, this is where it started. There's definitely a, a very like florid prose high school poetry vibe to a lot of the lyrics mixed with I'm just going to make some shit up as we go. You know what I mean? Like it's a very, uh, it feels very like adolescent to me of i don't know what i'm doing but i'm just gonna throw some stuff at the wall um but also talk about blood and knives and stuff and i'm just like okay okay bro mm-hmm. um i did have a lyrical note on this song sorry were you ooh. gonna say something Kevin? 
No, I want to hear your lyrical note. Oh, we're, okay. we're, we're missing in the lyrical analysis department. I've got, yeah, there's a little bit I can talk about. But the first line, he says, the leech has two daughters, give, give, they cry, which is from Proverbs 30, 15. Oh. So that is, yeah, which and is very, the closest to the NIV translation. So I guess Josh was reading NIV translation, which I think we all were in. Oh yeah, in the nineties and two thousands. Oh yeah, yeah. and well, that's exclusively was... what I read as a kid. Yep. Did you have a? Did you ever have an extreme teen Bible? Uh, I was listening. I was reading the King James version because I was still Mormon in two thousand. <laughs> you were you reading the tablets? <laughs> I was reading the Doctrine and Covenants. Oh boy. Um, a musical note I have about halfway through. They do this kind of like almost a southern metal kind of lick. And it turns the song into like a, oh, yeah. like a almost like a prog rock jam, mm. and it felt uh, I definitely in that moment felt like the energy, felt the sort of live feeling, and I really enjoyed it. There are a few moments on the record that kind of hit me like that, that almost that they kind of cut back on the chaos and felt a little more sort of structured. Mm-hmm. Um, that I really really dug. I like this song quite a bit. Yeah, me too. That's a cool observation because Norma Jean has always like really touted themselves as like a southern metal band. Right. Oh yeah. But then like compared to like Maylene, the showdown, or right. like, even like Eated, it's like mm-hmm. even Eated is sounds way more southern than like Norma Jean. You're just from the South and you're a band. Yeah, so exactly. You're technically a southern band. <laughs> oh yeah. Musical. That's like 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 we're a southern podcast. Yes. Because because I'm in we Texas. all met in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're like a, a homegrown artisanal Pacific Northwest podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, let's move on to track number three, y'all. Do it. Memphis will be laid to waste. So, did you guys revisit the music video over this? I did. Uh, it, so, I think it's really funny because it's the only thing you find online is this thing that's supposed to be full screen, but it is cropped to be widescreen. So, yes. like when you watch it, it's like cool. You're gonna watch it surrounded by like eighty percent blackness. So, enjoy it. Also, looks like it's filmed on potato because it's from <laughs> filmed on a potato like so long ago. I mean, they probably use flip cameras, right? <laughs> I can't imagine yeah. Solid State had a very big budget back then either. It's so, good right. though. I'm like, no, I love it. Do you remember? Do you remember like? I mean, when was it? Like 2007 when the flip the flip camera came oh, out? Oh yeah. And we we're like, oh man, we can HD. shoot stuff ourselves. Didn't we do those Del Sur videos? Yeah. On a little yes. flip camera. Oh yeah, yeah we dude. had 720 baby. It was great. And in this music video, do you know that Josh is not even in this video? He had already left the band by the time they shot this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. They, it's some guy, I think Brad Norris, who they got to fill in for a little while. Okay. If you pause it right here, like how it has like tape, <laughs> tape oh, on, on the, this television, on the TV? I'm like, are those supposed yeah. to be track marks? And uh, they couldn't 
like rotoscope something on there and then there's like whatever just leave it no one's gonna notice <laughs> probably it looks it looks like in 20 like, years joe cutler will like, yeah just put some probably. track marks and then we'll like we'll put something on the screen and it'll look really cool but they didn't yep i'm guessing that's exactly what that is that's so funny <laughs> yeah that's not even josh so who do they have who do they have doing lead vocal on this his name is brad norris is it that's, uh, apparently yeah oh who knew who knew look who at that um so this song, this might be my favorite song on the record. I think. Hold on, let me wow. look through my notes. How original of you, Kylan. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, dude, this record <laughs> this record was a tough listen, is all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Uh this this song felt the most cohesive. It felt it like does. the most like song song. No, it really does. You know what I mean? Like it feels like mm. like it's the closest to like a like structure. You know what I mean? Rather than yeah. just complete off the wall chaos. I think I think this I put in my notes, I put this has a mountain and valley. So it has like, let's bring it down and then we'll bring it to we'll build to this part. So like it's not like I mean, literally a track before this is uh, face face. And it just is like, oh, cool. I can breathe for a little bit, but also enjoy these hard parts that happen. So I think that's why it stands out. Probably. Uh, I have a very, very specific note about this that I, I'm so glad Joe is on this episode because I think probably of all the people in the world that I know, Joe, you're the only one that will fully understand and appreciate this note. Uh, all right. The light, creepy, the ahs that, that come in about like a minute in. Yeah. A hundred percent remind me of the main theme from the movie Trick or Treat. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. it. Is that where Trick or Treat got it? I mean, maybe, maybe. But I, I love, I love the, I love the soundtrack for Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat is just one of my favorite horror movies in general. Oh yeah. But they have that creepy, like almost like children singing. The like, you guys, ah, go see it. Go see it. Yes, go see it. Hundred percent. When did it come out? Uh, like uh, 2007. It's one of the greatest horror films like ever made. It's an anthology film. It um, didn't originally get released in theaters because the studio was like, no, this is not very good. But it's got like a cult following. But it's actually really, really, really good. Yeah. Um, Welcome to Horror Jams Now, people. <laughs> where we break down your favorite horror soundtracks. With me is my co-host Kylan Savage and TJ Miller. <laughs> TJ Miller, <laughs> that was a good one. TJ spooked me right out of my Snickers. Not not our TJ Smith, like famous canceled <laughs> Me Too comedian TJ yeah. Miller. I don't want to do a podcast. Oh, I didn't know he got canceled. Oh yeah, like years ago. Um yeah, so the Oz remind me of the trick or treat theme. <laughs> Okay. That's all my notes. <laughs> I do like no, I do think I do think you make some really good points with that that this is the most put together song cuz and I even wrote in my notes like if it didn't have the Aaron Weiss feature, which we haven't talked about yet, um but it's like I don't know if it would be the song that it is today, but I still think it would probably be the most popular song from this record, like the most well known yeah, from it. I think it so. Probably wouldn't be the one that they close every show with without that Aaron part in there, but Right. It's the most put together. Yeah. Uh, also, the same year, 2002, Me Without You and Norm Jean did a split EP. So I'm wondering if they were like, 
because that was very popular back in the day they just do two tracks and then you do a track together and then the other two tracks are from the yeah other band. well that saved money i mean that's how like if you didn't have any money yeah you could record a song and a half each basically and come out with a seven inch yeah mm-hmm. is but is me without you from like philadelphia the same area no oh so they're not they're probably just like label mates billy baby and they're just like yep yeah let's do this yeah i think they're all friends uh, Josh, what do you have about this song? I've got a couple things. Um, I love the throat clearing that he does at 14 seconds, which is very much <laughs> so like, good. yeah, very much like what he does definitely like later into his career, like 68 and like just random woos and just talking, just random nonsense that he does, which I like when people do that, especially Scoggin does that. Um, yeah, obviously, did we talk about how Memphis will be laid to waste is a uh, Biblical reference? Did we? No, like no. Is it. it? Oh yeah, yeah. It's straight out of no, Jeremiah forty six nineteen. Yeah, Whoa. it's like the the town of Memphis, which is not in Egypt. I don't know. It's somewhere over there, but it says Memphis will be laid to waste. So, so not, not Memphis, Tennessee. Not Memphis, Tennessee. No, the OG Memphis. The OG one. Yeah, I don't know where it is. I don't know my biblical geography. Geography. Enough, but yes, that wow. is that is another biblical reference here that we're getting. Um, and then we haven't even talked about, do you want to, I, I wanted us to talk about the Aaron Weiss part a little bit, cause I feel like y'all have a lot to say on that, but I was going to say, Joe, this is another perfect thing to have you on the episode for. Cause I, this was an original thought. I saw this on genius.com. Someone mentioned it, but this <laughs> shout out to nice. genius.com, shout out to genius.com. <laughs> Not sponsored. but I never thought about this before that this song kind of parallels to David De La Haas by the chariot with Josh bringing in. Yes. With listening and Smith yeah. to do some spoken yeah. word. And that is also the chariot's most popular song too. So there's something there with putting Josh Scoggin with some spoken word and it works. Well, there's something about the, like the Aaron Weiss, Dan Smith, like, kind of yelly slam poetry thing that is like a nice counterpoint, I think to Scoggins sort of chaotic, frantic screaming. And that just fits really well with this type of music. Mm, Yeah. For me personally, it gives it kind of a little more um, cohesion. Uh, You know, I, I use that, that word again, it feels like it's less just throwing stuff at the wall and it, it, Kind of makes sense. Yeah, but it's also unique. Like, because they could have, they could have definitely gone. Oh, we should get another metalcore vocalist on this to guest vocal on this to do to that would bring these two demographics together. And they're like, no, let's get this guy who just does this weird, unique vocal composition to do these things. But like, I feel like okay, so Josh Scoggin and then like Dan Smith and like me without you dudes like i feel like they all have the same mentality of like that vagabond like yeah we're on the road like 10 times out of the year or 10 months out of the year and like we're just grinding and having fun and let's make something beautiful and different and unique and i think that's the good fit with uh aaron weiss or aaron weiss is aaron weiss i believe it's weiss Weiss, 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 if it's Weiss, 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 TJ, how do you think you pronounce Aaron Weiss's name? Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's wrong. Uh, (laughs) But like, I think that's why I like his part fits so well, because it is such a 
like there's such an energetic within the song and then you have this this weird diction that is happening with Aaron and that also still feels the the same power and the same like drive with it and you're just like yes yes right keep doing well that. there's something also to be said about the if you take a step back and just like the power of a feature in general you know what I mean? So, like, obviously, the best examples of this are within the hip-hop world. Um, I feel like most of, like, uh, uh, you know, kind of like you were saying, Joe, of, like, they feels like they all sort of shared an ethos. Um, you definitely get that a lot within, like, hip-hop albums and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it it always works really well. And I feel like it's actually like it's relatively rare for that to happen, at, at least to my knowledge, in my experience. I don't know if you guys maybe might know a little better. Um, what to have a feature that is like completely out to of... have like features and stuff like within like metalcore or or it's hardcore not, or very like, often. like emo or anything. Yeah. Like, maybe like one song it usually happens in like the second yeah. album maybe just like from one song out of the record versus hip-hop where it's like almost every other song because like then you can combine fan bases like like it makes sense from like a marketing perspective too like mm -hmm. even beyond like a like a creative uh reasoning like for me that's why i personally love say anything's in defense of the genre because that's got that kind of like hip-hop almost like a mixtape vibe. It's like a double album. Uh, there's a lot of messiness on it, but like almost every song, I think every song, no, not every song, almost every song has a feature from someone that's in another like emo warp tour band. Uh, and yeah, I just, I, I, I think having um, someone featured that has their own fan base that they can bring people over onto like this song uh, that even if they sound a little different, that sort of like share the same values as you, I think is like super cool. Well, yeah. And I just, I kind of wish more bands would do it. Well, I have to think this had a big hand in helping me without you really start off. Like if Aaron sure. wasn't on this song, I can't imagine them. Not that they're like this most popular band or were even at the time, but I feel like this had to have helped propel them. And that it creates a really fun like opportunity for like a live show because then when Norma Jean plays it and you're like, if like they're on tour, like Joe on the Oh God the tour with, uh, with the chariot, then you're like, or with 68, then you're like, Oh, Scoggin come out, can come out and sing it. Or if they're not, then like I've seen Corey will get like, um, uh, people from other bands like like Garrett Russell from Silent Planet came out and did it one time. Oh yeah, so it's like it's it's a cool way to feature even like someone on the bill that you just played with to be like, hey, come out and do Aaron's part, like this big massive part that everyone knows. Yeah. So because then you're like, oh, I wonder who's gonna come out and do Aaron's part when they do Memphis because you know it's gonna happen. Oh, for sure. Right. For sure. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Like, like I wish it happened more because it really does sort of speak to the camaraderie that is sort of inherent with like this world. Yeah. Um, I did have 
I did have one final note. I have one final okay. trivia thing. Give us your final note. One final thing. It's not even about this record. It's about David De La Haas, which I mentioned. Mm. Oh, yes. a song by The Chariot. So, Joe, at the end of that song, you know how there's harp playing? Yeah. The same person playing harp is the person that plays it on In a Sweater Poorly Knit on Brother Sister by Me Without You. Oh, really? So bringing it back oh, that's to cool. the Aaron Weiss feature. Man. Fun fact. That's rad. All right. We can go. We can move. I tell you. A fun fact about not even this song. Exactly. <laughs> the web gets bigger. And not even this band. Okay. So, Josh, I have to, I have to throw yeah, this in. So. Just, just, just two seconds. No, not more than two seconds, obviously. But as you're listening to this, did you, did you always go like Chariot? And like you're thinking, you're like, this is a Norma Jean album. Oh, yeah. Because you'd be like, I'm putting references to Chariot. Like everyone else, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's like a ton of connections within this band already. Just like all of the members where they went like within the scene. And it's nuts. I just kept always saying Chariot in my head. I'm like, no, this is a Norma Jean album. No, 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 it's Norma Jean. (laughs) And you move forward with that in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say they're in this album or in this song specifically, like lyrically, because like it has those peaks and valleys that I'm like, I'm all about those builds that I'm all about. And then there's like those those lines, like the meteoroc- me- mediocrity is the killer. And I'm like, ooh, that is so dope. Uh, Christ is not a fashion and uh, waltzing with the murderer. I'm like, that is dope lines in this song. But I'm like, yes. This is what makes this. Yeah. Well, like I said, this is the most, this feels the most cohesive. It feels like the most, like an actual song. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Do you think, do you think with the success of this song, it really spoke into the albums progressing from this, like as Chariot in general? Well, Being it's like, interesting because oh, we you, you like can this. see the Chariot, the Chariot and Norma Jean. Mm, yeah. I can see this song. I can see them kind of branching off like from this it feels like a real crucible of a moment uh everyone take a drink kylan used uh an sat word uh all right let's move on to track number four because we're only 10 and a half minutes into this hour-long record uh all right track four creating something out of nothing Uh, my first note is the the filter drums in the intro feel completely unnecessary. Like how before the actual drums start. <laughs> like they don't need to be in there. Like, like it feels really unnecessary. It makes the tom sound uh, that much better when it actually comes in, right? Yeah, maybe that's why they did it. But <laughs> this song is already way too long. Like it's six minutes. Do you, do you think it's supposed to be like, like, you know how like they would like transition songs like track three into track four and be like, ooh, let's put a little snippet on track three so it sounds like, ooh, we transitioned it. Do you feel like they just accidentally put it? <laughs> just like they're like, oh, we'll record it, but like put it on track we'll three. put it on and track it didn't three. Happen. And then they're like, whoops, well, nah, sounds great. Leave, leave it. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is my first. Uh, 
sweet sweet bass moment in the intro all right the bass there's some fuzzy bass yes yeah i had a note with that too uh in with the drums but besides that like god damn this song does not need to be six minutes long no well and i think the filter thing i think because it's a live record they're not doing a lot of production stuff like adding after the fact so maybe they're like right well let's do something here to kind of spice it up because a lot because the record kind of runs together sonically because it is it feels like they just like because it's complete chaos had all the same <laughs> settings it sounds like it was recorded in one room in the same day and like they didn't change any of their guitar tones between songs at all and they didn't like tune the drums at all like it's just like every song has the same like sound as the last song so they had to like yeah which... spice it up and put a filter on for this three second part yeah but it's just so unnecessary oh yeah there's definitely a ton of parts in this that uh, like could definitely be like just, just you could have stopped it here and then gone in the next part of it and totally fine but that's that live recording right is going like yeah it sounds great we're all just feeling the kick just hit us in the chest yeah, we're feeling the vibe we're feeling the energy just keep it going keep it going and then you listen to it in a produced manner and you're like this goes on forever yeah which um, okay, so I, I initially had this note on the next song, but this whole record is relatively interchangeable, <laughs> at least in my opinion. So it doesn't matter where I, I say these notes. <laughs> um, to me, it feels like, okay, we've talked a lot about how, how they recorded this live and there's like a certain energy I think they were trying to capture. Um, and there is like there is a sense of that of that live that raw live performance that comes through but mm. for me i feel like it comes down to like a fundamental misunderstanding of what or, or i i guess not misunderstanding but a a fundamental philosophical disagreement over what a record is versus a live show um because I, I, yeah, I feel like there, you know, there, there's no matter who you go see, you know what I mean? Like if you go see Norma Jean live or Coldplay live or Tony Bennett live, you know what I mean? Like there's a, there's like a, there, there's a certain feeling in the air and feeling all the other people around you and, and seeing the people perform up on stage, there's like a specific kind of magic that that doesn't really come across in a in a in a lot of records. And so for me, what I guess is like the the difference in, in what a record accomplishes versus what a live show accomplishes. Because uh, there are definitely bands that I've seen that are way better live than on a record, and there are bands that I've seen that are way better on a record than they are live. But for me, I feel like a a record should be more of like a, of an ongoing experience, like something that, that you can continually go back to. Um, and, and, you know, you, you have the same sort of uh, familiar beats and things that, that sort of like, you know, you know, it's, it's almost like, like comfort food or like watching your favorite movie over and over again versus like going to see something like Saturday, Saturday night live where like each episode of Saturday night live is like very topical. It's very of the moment. It's very just like it's there and then it's kind of gone w with the exception of like a few like standout 
sketches or whatever. But, you know, for every sketch on SNL that everyone remembers, there's like 20 that will never be seen again or talked about again. You know what I mean? Um, and I feel like this record just tried so hard to get that live feeling that it kind of like failed as like a record, at least if you look at it through that lens, which I kind of did. I don't know if you guys have anything you want to add to that. No, I think you're on something without <clears throat> saying too much. Cause this is like in my final analysis, but like, without the knowledge of this being a live record like there wouldn't really be so much a lot to talk about like critically right with this so i th- definitely think you're onto something with that oh yeah for sure like i think if i can like what you're trying to say is this album was a learning lesson i was just going like <laughs> oh we can just jam out in a room and go that's it we're done oh we only paid for the week to right. book the studio this long so i guess we're done it's gone no we need to take time also go cool where can we cut the fat right because okay, it's it's a it's a completely blows. different beast it's like like yeah like do you know anyone that like sits down and listens to fish records like no one Absolutely just like not. listens to fish you know what i mean but like you go see yeah. fish live and regardless of how you feel about them you're like hell yeah like they're jamming it's freaking <laughs> rad but no one wants to like sit down and listen to fish and that's kind of like uh yeah i don't know it, it's just like some of these moments on this record i'm like this would be so cool live but like listening in my airpods at nine o'clock on a tuesday morning it's like this is so tedious well and i think like for something like this you kind of got to get through the whole first half of the song just to get to the like bringing a knife to the a cool gunfight part yeah like that's right. the part oh, that you sure. remember but the whole lead up to it you're like just ready for the bringing a knife to the gunfight part like yeah and that's why like a lot of the repetitive things I'm like you like you get done that twice and but fine or like yeah just once and then gone into the and then live you kind of switch that up so and you can better. like yeah yeah exactly, yeah, exactly. You could build it and the crowd would know like that part's coming. It'd been like, yeah, but like, yeah, that was the era, you know, too. Is like but I also doing... I also think, like you said, Joe, of like it's kind of a, a learning experience too. if this feels like a young band that mostly just has experience with live shows rather than than recording a record. We're like, oh, no, like this moment when we draw this out for like two minutes uh, always gets a really good response or something, you know? Yeah. All right, let's move on to track number five. Pretty soon, I don't know what, but something is going to happen. Okay, so my my first note in this is ballsy. Like, I, I wrote ballsy going instrumental for six minutes in the re- middle of the record out of here with a 15 like, minute song it's no song needs minutes. to be f- it's basically six it's closer to 16 than 50 all right no song needs to be 16 minutes long like at all never there, there's no reason for a song to be 16 minutes long that is unless it's on broadway like that's like 
literally two free birds, y'all. That's your standard of measurement. That's too many. That's 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 too many free birds. That's even longer than the live version of Freebird. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's like one and a half live. Live Freebird's free like twelve minutes. Yes. So stupid. Uh, this is twenty-seven percent of the runtime of the entire record. Yeah. Just this one song, over a quarter. Wow. It makes me furious. I'm so mad about it, <laughs> especially because it comes right after a a six-minute. That song. sounds like a personal problem, Kyle. Why are you so angry? I'm angry about a lot of things. Uh, TJ's not here to hold me back. Uh, no, the lead up of a six minute song into a 16 minute song is rough. And Memphis is almost a five minute song. So that's it's too five much. minutes, six minutes, 16 minutes. Yes. Which is a lot. That's like an endurance test yeah. that I failed. <laughs> yes. No, I knew you would. I mean, it's literally like, it's literally instrumental for six minutes and then it's vocal. And then I think the last two minutes is instrumental again too right yeah there's only so four like and a half minutes to... of vocals in this 16 minute song the thing is all the individual parts of the song like if they cut them all down like like if they cut like yeah like if they made if they just even kept all of these parts but made the song even like five minutes yeah this would probably be my favorite song on the record i think that's part of why i'm so mad about it it's got it. some great parts it's got some really 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 good parts and it's really sludgy uh as opposed to like chaotic which a lot of the other a lot of the rest of the record is uh i like mm. that it kind of is just like that sludgy slow hard metal Wait, yeah Kylan, are you saying you would want to you would want to cut down when they have that Palm muted repeated part chug. It's the same note chug for 20 seconds uh, from 341. It's 20 seconds of I was so mad. I got so mad, dude. It's like I got shit to do. I'm like going through my day. I'm like filling out paperwork or like driving to the store. It's like I don't like who has time for this much of this? Well, my joke was Whenever I would like, when I was with the war on drugs, all their songs are like six minutes long. So my joke was mm-hmm. like, oh, I got a 20 minute drive. That's like three war on drugs songs. But <laughs> with where you're like 20 minute drive, that's one pretty soon. I don't know what, but something's going to happen <laughs> right. and a little bit yeah. of the next song. Like <laughs> that's one and a half of these songs. And that's the thing is like, if it, if it was 15 minutes, and it had, okay, okay, okay. I, I'm just figuring this out as we're talking about it. Um, part of what kind of bugged me about this whole record, you know, I, I keep bringing up the word chaotic, but um, in all the songs, like everything changes so quickly. Like you, you can't really get into a groove with so many of of the songs. Like as soon as they do something that like sounds really cool, as soon as you're like, okay, I can get into this they move on to something completely different with the exception of this song. And it's like, this is the one song that needs like all the changes. Like it needs to change like every couple seconds. If you're going to do a 15 minute song. (sighs) Yeah. I would say like, kind of like what you said on the last track is like, it's that, uh, they're jamming all together recording for live and they come sit in the sound booth and go, all right, let's listen back. Maybe we shouldn't have done that part for three minutes straight. We could definitely bring that back. No, leave it. Like, 
It's maybe I mean maybe I they didn't have the budget to like go back, it and it kind of like is what it is, you know. No, ma'am. If they didn't use computers, yeah, you can just edit it because you're like on tape. You don't yeah. want to like actually imagine trying to yeah. Tape. Imagine trying to edit yeah. this on tape. Like no ugh. way. Oh my goodness. Now here's the thing: if you really if you condense the parts right, and then like really think about it, like that build at like uh, the timestamp six twenty one. Where it's just like that chunk part. Uh, I'm like, man, that that would get a crowd riled up. That's and what I'm what saying. Like all the too. parts themselves are really cool. Yeah. They just go on for way it's too just, long. It's like the whole thing. We can just think about this. I mean, literally, Norma Jean, bless the child, kills the martyr. Hashtag uh, cut the fat. Like, this you just is what we bless can learn the chariot from. and kiss the martyr. Yes, I bless, bless the, the chariot, chariot, kiss the child. Uh, trim the fat, man. Trim the fat. I do cut like it out. I do like Cut that it this song that is 16 minutes long is about the concept of time. Maybe a little too ironic. Yeah, or on maybe the that's what it is. Maybe that's the thing where it's like, why does it have to be 16 minutes long? It's like, that's the point. This it's whole so song is about the concept of time. I hate I it. I mean, literally, I what's, what's the that build? And it's like, time can kill the greatest of men. And Kylan's getting here all like just flustered over 15 minutes of his life time is killing kylan with 15 this minutes is a long Whoa. time dude 15 it minutes is. is like two daniel tigers <laughs> you can listen to this you can you can't even fully finish this song four times in one hour if you listen to yeah. this song four times in a row an hour would have passed that's too right. long that's, that's true that's too long. long this song would not make it on my alternate track list ep this song could be the EP. Yeah. This song could be its own I, album. I have a note here. Yeah, literally, I have a note here that says that, like, that 849 mark, you could have literally stopped it here, but you didn't. I do <laughs> like I, I do like the last, like, two... I guess it's the last five minutes, but maybe it's, like, the last three or four minutes of this song. <laughs> the, the way they kind of finish this song, I do like. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I love how they finish this. Even if they at that, like, eight... It's where he's going, and time... Or where is it? Uh, Guys, I just have to point out that we, I, I played the song in our headphones when we started talking about it. We're not even halfway done <laughs> with the song. We have to finish before it even gets close to finishing, though, because. Oh, I'm done. I've yeah, been yeah. done. <laughs> then, the, then the song will prove itself. Yeah, I mean, it's that part where he's going, he's going like on and on and on and stuff like that. I'm like, you could have cut it there and then done the part at the end. And I would have been like, that ended beautifully. No, I typed out on and on and on and on and on and on. It's which is a direct quote. TJ, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, they drop it down right there, and then it's like, it's just low, and it's just like, yeah, let's just slow it down, guys. You imagine, okay, so I go to metal shows now and, like, watch, like, Oh Sleeper, and they're all old now, like we are, and I'm like, man, they're getting tired. <laughs> I'm getting tired. You imagine like if Norgene's like, we're doing bless the child, just the martyr again in its entirety. It'd be like, man, you guys are going to be so tired. Is there going to be intermission? This is the intermission. Yes. The whole, this whole part right here. Like they, if they decide to do that, here's what they need to do. They need to just play the whole record except for this song. Just play this on an iPod. Yes. Or and everyone just leave for 15 minutes. Go take a smoke break <laughs> and come back. Uh, I got nothing else about this song. Do you guys have anything no. else? Yeah, it's 
I'm good. It's too damn long, and the, that's where we end it. Cut yep. the fat, man. Cut the fat. Next. Look, we're just now, I think, right around, just past the halfway point on this song. So track number six, The Shotgun Message. the shortest song i hated the intro it's like a minute but myth or yes but i loved it i think i liked it because it was so short i was like this is it's a nice reprieve this is more what what we needed on this record like honestly i wonder if the record was the same amount of time but they had twice as many songs (laughs) if i would enjoy it more i think i might it might be like a a perception thing you know what I mean? Like if they had more songs that were a minute and a half, I'd be like, okay, cool. Yeah. Cause they could just get through it. Well, and honestly the way that like all their songs are structured, you could just cut them at any point and be like, this is a new song because we just change yeah. parts so often. Like, right. Yeah. I can't keep track of any of it. Um, yeah. I say listening to this record after like that last, after the 16 minute song, I kind of like it's easy to kind of check out and be like I'm kind of done with this so like in order to like keep myself like kind of fresh to like give the second half a chance I had to like I would listen to the record like starting on track one to track five and then I'd take a break and then I would like re-listen again starting at track six and pretending this is like track one because otherwise I should have done I don't think I ever really paid much attention to the back half of this record because like once you get through those first five songs you're like okay you're kind of just on autopilot after that Yeah, and like... Yeah, no, I should have done that. I should have split it up like that. I highly recommend. What stopped it at the the 15-minute song and then gone take a break, mm-hmm. enjoy some things, um, really think about life. And I feel it. like production-wise, this song could have could have benefited from another run-through. The drums felt really messy to me on this. Like... It kind of felt like they did play the 15 minute song and were tired. And then, and then just they're like, no, shotgun son. Rushed now. this song. <laughs> um, but it feels like it could have, it, it could have just had one more run through. Although I do have a lyrical note, which is rare. Ooh, hit me with it. Um, I am stabbed by grace and slinging blood is a pretty <laughs> rad line. I really like that line. Do you? Dude. I really do. I like really enjoy it. Um, most of the other lyrics, what I did end up looking up, like I said, florid prose, just like I didn't really like it, but I do like the line. I am stabbed. I, the idea of taking something like grace, uh, something that's, you know, typically seen as like, you know, other synonyms would be like, you know, well, I don't want to say synonyms, but like you associated with like gentle feelings and stuff. And then to use the verb stabbed <laughs> is like pretty rad. The juxtaposition of that is very cool to me. Stabbed by grace. Um, yeah. And slinging blood. And slinging blood. Like that's rad as hell, dude. And then just repeats, I'm slinging blood. I'm slinging blood. Jesus up on the cross, just slinging Which blood. Which I, I immediately thought of Spider-Man. And he's just, <laughs> instead of webs, it's just bloody shit. Oh, that is cool. That is metal. 
as that's hell. Some comic book material right there. That's comic book material. Slinging blood. Ah, oh, dude. Man, what would that? What would that character's name be? Blood man. Grace. Blood man. slinger. Blood <laughs> grace. Slinging grace. blood. Okay, I came up with blood man, and you came up with grace man. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you could call him stab man. Stab man. Stab man. <laughs> Stabman, whose power oh, no. is slinging Watch out. It's blood. Stabman, he's slinging blood, and he's just like, "I got you, <laughs> I got you." That's his catchphrase. Yeah. I got you, Joe. I need to, uh, Joe. I'm gonna commission for the social media for this post. I am commissioning uh, a a 1080 by 1080 picture of Stabman. You have to draw him. You have to sketch him. You Stab have man. to draw him, Stabman, slinging him saying, blood. I got you. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> oh my god. I have lost my mind on this record. That's great. That's so good. Time is a flat circle. Yeah, that track five, man, just like threw me for such a loop. It does, it does. <laughs> like nothing is real anymore. I like long songs and it even like it's like I need a break after that one. Yeah. Uh we got anything else? I'm good. I put short and sweet. <laughs> Cool. Let's keep the commentaries short and sweet. (laughs) Let's move on to track number seven. Sometimes it's our mistakes that make for the greatest ideas. Sometimes. And then sometimes your mistake is writing a 16 goddamn minute song and putting it on your first record. Um, I like this song though. You do? I really do. I think I think it began really flat, but once it got to like a minute forty eight, it was like, okay, now we've gotten into the groove. I like the second half more. I think for me, I think it's like the clean guitar, the ride cymbal. Yeah. I think they kind of like this does kind of give you a chance to breathe after all the chaos. Yeah. And I feel like I've been running from stab man yeah. saying, I got you. And then I get like, I get to run around a corner and like take a chance to breath. breathe. TJ, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. I don't have much about the song, but I would like to take this opportunity to talk about just the song titles in general for this record and just Josh Goggins overall career. Cause he always does very particular things with the lyrics i mean with the not the lyrics with the song Song titles titles. like this one they're all super long and then the first chariot record time too yeah then that first chariot record has that one song the second track that's like 32 words long or something like that oh yeah but then each chariot record has like something different though about like how the song titles are structured like the fiance has like that sentence that it does and then uh long or wars has a really cool thing long live, long live. one literally is like oh good like yeah oh wait, no what you're gonna say it's like all the five people and then like the kingdom the city the whatever yeah 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 and then and then even going into like the chariot i mean that's the chariot the 68 even has like it's all set up just he, so I like the way he approaches song titles and that he does it kind of differently each record. So, but this one is just like, let's make super long song titles. Super, I, I literally wrote uh, the back half of this record. I spent more time 
typing out the song titles than I did on writing my actual notes. <laughs> I will say on this track, uh, I like have one comment about like that. And then I think I was just like tired after five that I was like, I think I'm just running out of words. <laughs> uh, whatever. Yep. Yep. This one, this song uh, definitely has the repetitiveness thing down that I'm just like, that's too much. Just chill. <laughs> Because, like, even the first part where it's, like, it's a little more slower and it goes, like, and he's, like, screaming over it. I'm, like, and it it does it does show kind of a little bit of it being an amateur album being, like, yeah, we're just starting out. Because, like, somebody would have been, like, hey, let's just do something different right there instead of you screaming at the same exact level, same exact note that you've been doing for six right. tracks. So Well, yeah. <laughs> Well, and that brings me also to something we kind of brought up earlier was like the distortion on his voice, like really yeah. started to bug me at this point. Like it was way overused on the record. And I don't know if it was like he couldn't necessarily get like maybe the right tone he was trying to get. He'd always done with this. His voice. All the ludicrous stuff before this, he always had distortion on his voice. This was like, that was his thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was this and then fiance. And then once they got to like, what wars and rumors or wars kind of changed up how they mixed his vocals or they, they just learned something new or maybe he got more confident or is that when they went to glow in the dark no because goldman did the first chariot record oh that's right that's right well i don't like it it's one of those things i didn't like <laughs> yeah. it whenever i first started listening to it but now like i don't even notice it because i've heard it so long but yeah i would probably yeah. prefer it without it yeah i did notice because like i did a car listen and then I did it like headphone listen and like in the car, it's definitely not as noticeable. So you're just like kind of like blasting it. And then you, you turn it down halfway and you listen to the mids and you're like, oh yeah, like I'm going to listen to this whole like full volume. I'm not even noticing that weird tone. Plus you're driving. So like, you're like oh, cool. yeah, you should be focusing on the road. Joe. No, I'm focused. On, I'm closing my eyeballs and I'm just <laughs> listening to those midtones, that's what's happening. <laughs> that's the opposite of what you should be doing while Unless you, you have a Tesla, and it's okay. <laughs> that's true. That's true. This episode sponsored yep. by Tesla. Close your eyes, listen to Norma Jean. Drive a Tesla. <laughs> sleepy, sleepy time, Joe. Sponsored by Sleepy Time, Joe. Uh, this I wrote a minute in. There's some more sweet, sweet bass. Are we already on the next song? Um, no, we're still on. Track oh, okay, seven. okay, go. Cool. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, go. Cool. Uh, I just some sweet, sweet bass. There's some like oh yeah picking hammer ons and pull offs or whatever. All right, let's move on to track number eight. <laughs> uh, speaking of closing your eyes while driving, track eight. I used to hate cell phones, but now I hate car accidents. Hey, I did Great that segue. You totally did. That was a sweet <laughs> transition. I think this one was a great example of a song I really wanted to like as a kid because of the song title. So I like listened to it a lot. Yeah. So I'm pretty familiar with this one, but I'm like, I don't know if it's one of my favorites or not, but I really wanted to, cause I'm like, that's a good song title. I wrote this might be, th this one was a contender oh, for really? my favorite. So this might be my second favorite. Yeah. I like the kind of phaser on the slow jam. Yeah. I like how they end it with the walk into wall street in a straight jacket. I was like, Ooh, that 
is cool. Yeah, but that's another example of like, I feel like that's another example of like, you got to get through that whole song to get to the Wall Street straight jacket part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's where you go, pros, this is what I like. Yeah. It sucks that I had to suffer through it <laughs> to get to that. Right. I like that uh, there's one point in it about a minute or so in where it does a kind of like typical breakdown where it's just like the one note, but mm-hmm. the the guitar and the bass and the kick drum are all doing the same thing. Like that dun, 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 dun. Um, I like that because the record doesn't really yeah, have a lot good. of that. And um, yeah, it's just, it's enjoyable to me. It goes into a cool little slow jam at two minutes in. Um, yeah, it was a good song. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else, y'all? All these, all these songs are in the same key, basically, aren't they? They're all the same song. That's like, what I'm saying. They're all just they're in all the same like drop, D, drop C flat or drop D flat kind of. Yeah. Drop C sharp. They're all. Yeah, that's what it feels like. So yeah, C flat. Did you say C flat? I said C flat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling you out, buddy. Oh, We're man. not gonna let that escape. I blame the 16 minute song. Beautiful producer Josh. <laughs> Said C flat, y'all. That's how metal I am, guys. I play in drop C flat all you the time. You play in drop C, C flat. flat. Oh my god, that's funny. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to call no, you. No, out. That's, that's fine. Just that's like, fine. That was very. I funny just like that you play in drop C flat. <laughs> I do like the Wall Street straight jacket part, but yeah, other than that, it's like yeah, it's okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. Track number nine. It was as if a dead man stood upon the air. I don't even know what that means. So in in this uh in this song, because like there's not that much lyrics in this, uh it goes rewind the cycle, endless cycle, rewind, and he says it over and over, and then he just keeps talking about cycles. I my one note in this song is like, what is the cycle? Like, right. what's the cycle? The laundry. Because I'm like, I'm listening, I'm like, okay. Oh, well, is he just cycle. tired? He just wants to take a walk and restless is his soul. Well, like probably just rewind and do that again. Kylan. Tell us about your notes on this song. Yeah, let me see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sharing my notes with the screen. I just wrote, nope. I was so I was so done at this point. Y'all. Okay, I think we're on the same page because this is the one I would cut from this record. I'm like, this one could be cut. I wouldn't be sad. Like, why does it need to be here? The one? This is the only <laughs> one you would cut? Okay, the thing with the 16-minute song is it's at least memorable. Like, Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's good. That's true. Like, but like This is the one that I don't even care about uh, like i watched the movie dead girl joe with your wife yes Lacey. yes uh that movie is what is what i would call memorable that does not mean it was a good experience uh the movie love guru with mike myers <laughs> i walked out of that movie in the theaters that was memorable remember doing i will it. always remember it as the movie that i walked out of that does not mean <laughs> it was good <laughs> So I'm challenging your assertion okay. here, Josh. That's <laughs> kind of fair. But there are moments I like of that song, whereas this song, I'm like, ah. I no, gotta... I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, if it wasn't so long, I would actually really like that yeah. song. It would be my The favorite. only other thing that I have to say about this is that it reminds me of the longest lasting statement on Norma Jean's third record, Redeemer, um, which is also one of my least favorite songs on that record. <laughs> but like, I think the, some of the production stuff, there's like that, squealy like the tape kind of sound that they have and then like mm-hmm. even i think some of the guitars like mm, yeah 
I don't know that song for some reason those songs just like remind me of each other for some reason so maybe that was intentional maybe not I can dig that maybe it was like a callback to that TJ what do you think wow TJ that really hurt <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to track number 10 the human face divine So my notes were written in real time. I wrote, are those claps in the breakdown? Yeah. Um, that's what, that's what I, I like to. this song. And then I look at how long it is and I said, no, why is it so long? <laughs> yeah, I really like those clap breaks. It just really breaks up that like first transition. Uh, I also found out that this was based on a book. So I, I said, this is Chariot's version of a period piece. Chariot or Norma Jean? Oh, Joe, what album are we talking about? Fart. I did it again. I'm sorry. Uh, this does sound like a Chariot record, though. I, I mean, it, it is. I get it. Uh, what book is this based off uh, of? The Human Face Divine is the 10th track on Norma Jean's debut mountain, Bless the Martyr, Kiss the Child. The song is title possibly derives from the 17th century British poet, John Milton's 1667 poem, Paradise Lost. Okay. Thus, with the year, season, return. Do not to me returns day. See, but th- this goes back to the whole like adolescent poetry, Edgar Allan Poe thing I've been I'm bringing I'm going to quote Paradise Lost. Like, yeah, like yeah. Paradise Lost just feels like, like, okay. But I mean, how old were they when they made this record? They're, they must have been pretty that young, been right? 19, 20, 21. Yeah. I'm going to find out. Go for it. Like that energy is just very pervasive throughout hey. this, this whole record. Definitely. Yeah. Fun fact, according to... Corey Brandon, who is the current Norma Jean vocalist, um, that whenever they were like, they were like staying at his house on tour one time. Um, and they were like talking about like, oh, we got to change our name from Ludacris. Like, what are we going to change it to? And Norma Jean was obviously in the running, but the human face divine was also in the running for their oh, cool. band name. So I can't imagine Norma Jean being called I'm into this band called the human face divine. Like that's a lot. So I'm glad they went with Norma Jean. So interesting. That is a lot that the human face divine feels even more, not necessarily of this time, but of like the time we were all kind of in the metal scene. Definitely. Yeah. Like, like didn't we, we used to all joke that like, I feel like every metal core band had to have like metal core band bingo would be like, they have the word the in their band name or there's a reference to the ocean somehow and some sort of like theory or question or something is being asked by (laughs) by the band name um i got nothing else on this song y'all i was so tired at this point there's a lot i do like (laughs) i really i was getting tired but i really like how it ends like starting at 341 to the end so i do really like that and yeah, then, like that's kind of something I put. Yeah, and then lyrically, most of, it's pretty normal for the most part. But then, like the last lyrics that he says are, "I will not be cursed by doubt or a concubine wife," which is 
very yeah. odd. That's what I like. I was like, what? And then that's why I read that like, oh, it was kind of like this is the approach of it, of the song. Did I'm you like, did okay, you find anything sense. on what that is? What what that what that uh what the concubine wife it's a reference to? It has to be something from that British poem. Oh, is there? Because I was like, oh, because I was like, what is what is Josh Goggin going through? Because it was like, uh, shall I take her or leave her? Uh, or like it goes, it comes with, the, it comes to these words of battlefield in my mind. Shall I take her or leave her? I will set my sights north. I'm like, this sounds, this sounds like something that's not like personal. It's just going, oh yeah, I read this thing and I thought it was mm-hmm. good. Which I bet there's some line from that this concubine wife. I tried to find there is a passage in the Bible in Judges 19 and 20, which is a crazy, crazy passage, which is very wacky. If you've never read it before, it's it's wild. It's one of those things like, yeah, yeah. Like within the last few years, like it was on my Bible app and it came on one time. and I was like, what is this story? It's it's crazy. I'm not going to even get into it. Just look it up. It's crazy. (laughs) But someone in this story does have a concubine wife. So I'm like, that's the only thing I could possibly think it was a reference to but such a it's a very dark such an interesting weird story in the bible so but yeah i don't know that's that would kind of make sense for what he was and then and then so like that super dark story got added to track 10 of this album yeah you, and maybe you know, there's you know like some even if that is maybe he is like drawing some parallel to the milton john milton's poem the milton poem yeah so maybe he's Maybe he's saying something there with that, but I am not literary enough to. It's to got. Know. It's gotta be. It's gotta be something. Yeah. I mean the. I mean that's where the title tracks from. So like, or the track name is, but it's so interesting. Yep. I still think like so that, interesting. that time that fifteen minute song. I'm like, I feel like there's something there that's like, uh, it's so long. Everyone hates it, and I I have this like gut feeling that it's like, yeah, that's the point. Or you're missing it. Like I think it's this weird like feeling that it's like right here. Like I think I feel like Josh Goggin just juked us. <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> that song like broke me though. And yeah, maybe that's the point. That's the point right? It's like Yeah, but I don't it. like You don't like that. to be broken? <laughs> no. No. Uh, <laughs> the thing is I was talking to my wife about this record today. Um about like having to listen to it because I was doing my final listen through uh, today and and the big thing that kept coming back to me is like yeah I like I really liked this kind of like chaotic noise core kind of music like in my 20s but now I'm like in my 30s and my anxiety level has increased exponentially to the point where I'm just like now it's like, okay, this, and, you know, Joe, we've had lots of conversations. We both have uh, ADHD. Yes. And I'm just like, this is already just what's the what's inside my brain at all times. I don't know if I'm necessarily the most comfortable just hearing it out in the world. <laughs> it doesn't have, like, the opposite effect where it calms you down. It, 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 oh, it does with me. N- yeah, well, I talked to my buddy. He's like, "What do you listen to while you work?" I'm like, "Really loud stuff," and it kind of just like centers me into what I need. <laughs> and he's no, like, I, "But that's the thing. I get that point too. That's weird. No, I get that too. My but... boss also listens to like opera music, or not opera music, just like theater music kind of thing. So, 
<laughs> he's like that's what i was doing i'm like i listen to heavy things so sorry <laughs> i just listen to podcasts now i like only listen to podcasts um guys let's move on to the last track it. we did you ready it. we're there ready to, we yeah. like two hours later we're gonna we're gonna make it we're crossing the finish line organized beyond recognition I'll say this song is very long, but it may be my favorite on this record. And I oh, really I've always liked this song. Like even as it, when I listened to it in high school, like so much of this record runs together, but for some reason this song always stuck out to me. I really liked it. It does. It's different. I really like the hammer on pull off part. I wrote that too. I literally wrote the man, the hammer on guitar lick was cool. goes on for two and a half minutes but i don't really mind it like it's a long time my biggest problem my biggest problem with it is that the the drums got too busy okay um about halfway through like because the the drums are just kind of jamming and then he starts doing these like tom fills like and i already hate the toms (laughs) and how they sound on this record and like they the drums were just like a little too busy for how long it goes on. Like I would be more okay with it going on that long if the drums just kind of kept like a steady beat and just kind of like grooved on it. Yeah, for sure. But I did, I did like this song. This is one of the songs that, that made it onto my alternate track oh, list. Nice. EP. Yeah. Ooh. Well, and this song has like, like that. Let's just fake the face, the facts, get back to the basic form part. Like that's almost a chorus and they do it a couple of times in the song. Like, yeah, that's something that lyrically and melodically you can actually catch onto with. There's not a lot on this record. Uh, I will say my last thing about the hammer on pull off part is that on Hive Minds, which is the opening track on Norma Jean's 2013 album, Wrongdoers, at four minutes and 52 seconds, there is like a hammer-on pull-off part that I'm like, I have to feel like that's a callback to this. Yeah, So cool. if anyone out there wants to hear it, check it out on Hive Minds, which are both great songs. I will say, in this song, the phrase Why Tai is said 36 times. <laughs> Thank you for counting. <laughs> the the yes word black is said 27 times and the word jacket is said 21 times how is that possible white tie it goes white tie black jacket because if he says white tie he says black jacket (laughs) why what what (laughs) it it literally starts to fall apart (laughs) this whole this song i mean i think yeah it's where he goes i gotcha (laughs) he's doing it again kylan he's i gotcha he's (laughs) He's blood slinging it on Watch us. Watch out. Dude. He's going, he's making us slinging that blood on us. Oh no. Kylan is confused <laughs> and, and stunned. I'm a, what, am I a Pokemon now? Yeah, your defense has gone down too. So ah, you better watch out. Kylan hurt himself in its confusion. <laughs> uh, uh, my notes on this, it man. started and it missed me like immediately. And then I have like, it just repeats the same thing over and over. And I'm like, 
Okay, Joe, I'm, I'm curious. This is a point that I've brought up about quite a few songs on a lot of the records that we've covered. Yeah. Do you think if this song was in a different place on the album, you would have enjoyed it more? I would have liked it. Like no, because I think, yeah, like if I this was like, overall, like track number four or something. I, it's like the the concept that I have in my head where I, like I think like listening to this album overall like i listened in the car and then i was like struggling with it because i was like man the like production quality is is not there and then i then i'm like what is like why can't i just get it and then all of a sudden i had the like i changed my mentality towards it as like if these were played live they would hit much better right if if i was in a live setting with a group of people i would have been like I would feel it. It's me going, I don't get the chariot. I see the chariot and I get it now, right? That was my whole point with uh Define the Great Line. That was that that yeah. that switch flipped for me on that record. Yeah. Um where I, I wasn't really digging it. And then on my second listen through, kind of like taking it from like that perspective of yeah. like, oh man, if I saw this live, it would be awesome. Oh yeah. It's um, even even like the fifteen minute song I'm listening, I'm like, this would like pump a crowd up or like allow them to rest for a second by the time they get to that six minute mark they're like ready to go again right and so like i could see that and that's that's i mean that whole scene in from where scoggins from is just like it's about the show it's about coming together and you just go like balls to the wall and stuff like that but i also am very like lyrically driven in a lot of like things so like when I see just repetitive stuff and I'm like, all right, like get to the point or like give me something that will give me a cadence that sounds super cool, which happens in this this album too, is but it's right. It's when I go end on like saying why tie thirty six times. Okay. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I get I get that. Cause like like don't you like there's there's parts of like repeating something that will work, but we've done it through ten tracks. So like, I mean, you talk about transatlantic right, right. with like Death Cab. Mm-hmm. And just hearing them say, I need you so much need closer. So much and closer. it's just building right. and building. And you're just like, I'm going to cry. This is so good. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's where like words are important, you know? Yeah. I think part of why I like this song is is maybe the like the instrumentation. Yeah, it is it, different. It's got, it it's is got a- kind of that like that like tension, but but not the like where we're just playing intentionally like discordant notes. It's like we're playing two different chords that are like Mm -hmm. slightly discordant, but still within the same key to kind of build up to something um, that like makes sense for like a closing track for me. Uh, I feel like it's a little too long, but overall I really liked this track. So Joe, you're wrong. No, I think it closes the album really well. Mm-hmm. But I do think it is a little long and kind of drags on a little bit, but has a very good feeling of finality to it. For sure. So I feel like it has to close the record. But but like you have that mentality. Oh, go ahead. No, no. Say what were you going to say? Oh, it was just like just like listening to this song. And it's where I go. Oh, it's too long. But then I, I think about it. I'm like, man, if I saw them do this live with the bell. Like, oh, maybe that's the point. Oh, thanks, <laughs> Kylan. <laughs> I'm like, man, I got gotcha. you. It would give me feeling so good. I'd be like, wow, I'm really glad I experienced that. And then I would be yeah. like sold on it. Nice. But in 2002, I was 
12? No. I was no, in seventh grade. I was 12. I was in seventh grade. Right? You're 13? Yeah, I was 13. I don't know, dude. I don't know you. I don't know your life. I don't know how old you are. <laughs> how, how old was I in 2002? I'll do oh, some... by the way, Josh Scoggin is 40 years or Yeah, he's 40 years old. So he so was 20. That means... Okay, so he was 20. Yeah, he was... 19 yeah. or 20. Yeah. When's his birthday, Joe? Uh... No, I don't really. Hey Siri! <laughs> hey Siri! When is Josh Scott's birthday? birthday? Josh Scott's forty. What am I doing with my life, dude? For real. Hey, uh, you're, doing you're listening to you this can. album. I am. I'm talking about his <laughs> life's work. He's making it. July seventeenth. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's coming Whopper up. He's about to be forty-one. Go. Wow. I'm gonna have to do. Um, Oh my god! Uh, yeah. Anyways. Um. Okay, guys, we did it. We listened to the whole record. Hey, we did it, guys. We did it. TJ, we you did, did it too, man. I'm still so proud of you. TJ, good job, everyone. A round of applause I know for this TJ. Isn't your cup of tea, but man. <laughs> hey, and if you listen to this to all the way up to here, you did it too. That's true. Yeah, that's you true. out there. You did it, and I'm so proud of you. And I bet your mom's proud of you too. Like, wow. You're you can good. tell her that you listened to Bless the Martyrs. Uh, yeah, you she'll tell her. Proud. She'll know. Yeah, she'll be like, no, no. You should tell Joe's oh, mom Joe's too. Mom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> tell, tell, tell them you listen to Norma Jean, and she'd be like, "What?" <laughs> All right. So, okay. It, here's how I want to do this. Uh, Flopper Bop. Final, you know, final reveals. I'll go first because uh, mine's probably the most expected at this point. Um, what could it be? And then I want Joe to go and then i want to end on josh yes uh because josh i i'm i'm honestly i'm i'm the most curious about where josh lands on this record so oh and i guess i mean i i guess we'll leave space for tj to say whatever he wants i don't know where we'll put him tj what do you think wow wow i didn't expect that i didn't (laughs) expect that at all <laughs> the wild. Okay. Um, guys, this was a flop for me, man. I didn't want it to be. I feel like I've been on kind of like a dude. I'm so shocked. I feel like I've been on kind of like a flop kick lately. Um, and I don't know what's going yeah, on. You're just in a floppy mood. <laughs> I am in a floppy Sorry, mood. Sorry, I laughed. but okay. <laughs> Can I give you my my bless the martyr? alternate ep track list that i think would be a bop yeah go for it okay i think you open with memphis will be laid to waste Mm. i think that's just so strong especially if you're on an ep like you want to get in and get out then you do face face right after that keep that energy up then do the shotgun message uh like i said i didn't really love the intro uh, but it's got that kind of like high energy. It was really interesting to me. And end with Organized Beyond Recognition, the last track. So it's only four tracks, but mm. Memphis Will Be Laid to Waste is a little long and Organized Beyond Recognition is definitely pretty long. Um, so, you know, that's honestly about the same length as like a six song EP, I feel like. Uh, and I feel like that would be a great record that, is still trying to accomplish or accomplishes what I think they were attempting to accomplish with this recording of giving that feeling of like being at a live show, keeping that high energy up. But like Joe said, like cutting a lot of fat, (laughs) 
like a like a 15 minute songs worth of that yeah yeah so it's unfortunate i really did go into this record like pretty excited uh and then i started looking at the how long some of these tracks were and that was a little troubling to me and my misgivings at least for myself proved to kind of be right uh so that's where i'm at what about you joe flop or bop okay so let me break down the things that overall are a con for me in this album okay okay how those screams are mixed mm-hmm. just distortion through all of them i know that scoggins got it maybe it was just the era of 2002 so i can forgive that i can forgive that because 2002 they're like yeah how do you do this you just record things i mean we all listen to Wars Prada the plagues and that is just like yeah let's just let's just point like let's record into this rock and like it'll sound good like just they didn't know what they were doing they didn't know how to do it <laughs> i can forget that it's film with a potato record into a rock <laughs> yeah the potato will power it. The rock will give you that. Early 2000s metal core. Yeah. Use what you got. You, just, you, know? you just scream into a 57 and you call it a day. The room tone in the in the drums really like laid. If I just wanted it to be beefy and like fill that low end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can forgive that because it's where I go. I look at all the other albums out at that time and I'm like, okay, they were trying to go this route. I get it. I get it. I get it. Right. Uh I when I very first started getting like listening back into this album, listening to my car, I was it was so hard. I was like, oh, is this gonna be a flop for me? Uh, and I was just like, man, what is going on? I asked my daughter her opinion and her help, and she's like, you're on your own, dude. <laughs> and that was she's very eight year old. I get it. <laughs> yeah, do whatever really you help. want, dude. Yeah, she's like, dude, just do it. Uh, but as soon as I had that mentality of like the live aspect, which is what this band was, is just that live room. We're going to go wild and we're going to things. Uh, yes, there's t- there's things in this that I'm like, as a produced album, uh, do that live, not in the produced album. Uh, but I can break this down and look at it as a little as a lesson. I'm just going, cool, this uh, they learned from it and went in to do stuff. You can hear notes of this of albums from Norman Jean uh, that mm-hmm. go on from this, and you're like, "There is Norman Jean here. I can hear him." You can go from this and hear notes of Chariot, and you're like, "Man, this is this is where it started." And like, you know what? If like, I my thing is like, if you can't handle me at the uh, if you can't handle me, my bless the child. Yeah, like yeah. then you don't deserve me on my like, one wing. Because like one wing, I'm like, yeah. wow, this like it's dynamic. It flows. It has like character, and I'm like, this started. So like, if I really want to take this album itself and go, cool, does it still bop in today's era? I would say, yeah, it's a bop. Uh, I feel like I can forgive cool. the things that I'm like are a con because I can see the potential. You look at it, right. this, that these makes are, sense. These are yeah. dudes in their twenties, and you go, "Cool, this is where it started. This is where that right. noise, chaotic, like let's do something different that's not clean, uh, and do weird shit on stage, and let's have a spoken word from Dan Smith. Let's uh, right have Haley Williams uh, 
do a guest vocal and not tell anybody about it on our album and let's do let's do things different and that's that's things that i super admire with the, like these artists and stuff so yeah that's where i land that's super cool i like that nice it's very like well thought too. out you can thank my daughter. Shit. <laughs> I don't know, dude. We all know. Job, Lily. Lily Ghost wrote your conclusion. Exactly. She's like, pros and cons. Weigh this. Don't ask me. Just listen to what you want. And I'm like, wow. That's so funny. Wow. That's so funny. I also asked my wife. That changes And I was everything. like, what do you think of this album? She's like, that that Norma Jean album? You and I was like, yeah. And she was like, I don't know. I just heard it two tracks in the car you were listening to it like five minutes from like <laughs> and i'm like okay i get it that's so funny i get it, I get if it. you've heard yeah. one song you've kind of heard all of them on this record yeah though. that's kind of my biggest problem with it <laughs> <laughs> all right josh tell us all right mr song somali a i have i'm ready here it's gonna just just start up around. get get those flavors mm, going get a nice okay. bouquet of Chaos. Yeah, bring out all the flavors. A little bit of Milton all in the there. Of, all the flavors of, <laughs> flavors of chaos and Milton. Yes. Uh, first, I would like to address all the people out there that are touting that this is the only true Norma Jean record or that Norma Jean ended when Josh left. Uh, one, you're wrong. Um, oh, yeah. This is nowhere near the best Norma Jean record. Oh, yeah. Um, and in my opinion, and it's not even a Norma Jean record. It's a ludicrous. Ooh, yeah. Wow. Okay. It Move, is a it's the best ludicrous the record by that. TJ, <laughs> TJ, what do you think of that? You will see the most powerful explosion ever witnessed by human eyes. <laughs> Ooh. He's got beef. Hot take. Yeah. And I like beef. See me after class, TJ. <laughs> so no, that's my hot take with it. Is like, hey, Norma Jean started when Corey joined, and yeah, Ludacris ended when Josh left. So this is a Ludacris record. Um, it just and it just doesn't like totally fit with like the rest of the Norma Jean catalog. But yeah. they still do Memphis every right. show. Um, out of the Norma, out of the eight currently existing Norma Jean LPs, this is maybe my sixth. Oh or wow, it's favorite. pretty low. Yeah, it's pretty low. Um, and it's like what we talked about, like really everything about this record comes down to like the fact that it's a live record the fact that it's like josh goggins only like norma jean record and it was produced by adam d so like all those guys were in the same room at the same time it's kind of historic um and like i appreciate this album more than i like i respect this album more than i like enjoy it because it's like a live record because i'm impressed by like okay you did this live like and that allows you to forgive like the songs going on way too long or the drums kind of being right. flat. Um, That's kind of how I feel I about like, like, like Citizen Kane. <laughs> like I appreciate it yeah. for what it is, but it's like everyone that says like Citizen Kane is their favorite movie. It's like, you're kind of full of shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're just making that like, up. you just want to like, sound like yeah. cool and smart and like elitist. It's just like, like it's a great movie it's good but it's not like it's the fine. best it's movie fine. of all time yes agree so this is the agree. citizen kane of metalcore same kind of it, it kind of in a way you could yeah. view it that way so um but yeah like i said it's one of those things you have to appreciate and respect more than enjoy but when it comes down to it my qualifications for flopping or bopping is if i see myself listening to it again in the future and 
I do. I anticipate I'll, it's like I said, this record is one that I throw in once or twice a year, right. maybe just to kind of like listen to it and enjoy it for what it is instead of right. maybe for the music that it is for like the experiment that it is more. That makes sense. So with that, I will say it's a bop. Sweet. Woo! Okay. So we all kind of landed where we uh, anticipated, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. Joe went around, Joe went on a journey. I did. I, did. I really did. did. Cause I was like, I really want to like this and I, I'm starting to hate it. And then I then I went like intentional and then I'm like, this is why it was written. Oh damn, now I can see in a completely different light. Right. No, I love that. That's super cool. This is why, Joe, this is why I wanted you on for this record nice. in particular. Like, because I know that you wouldn't be just like a straight apologist. But as someone who like, you know, we all kind of we're in a similar sort of like metal loving phase. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And we all kind of met and we've all sort of branched off to different degrees of that, but you're still, I mean like you're still fronting like a hardcore band. Oh yeah. And stuff, you know what I mean? But I knew that you would, you would come to this and like be thoughtful and like think through it. And I, yeah, I love the way that you came to your conclusion that it's a bop. Well, thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah. So I think that's about it y'all. Right. Hey, uh, at least it's not that drum fill from Striper, right? Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> why would you bring that up? Why would you bring that Because I just listened to that episode, and I was like... <laughs> Josh, I know. Josh, Joe texted me last night. while I was, He's like, hey, uh, where is that drum fill that you were talking about? I was like, oh, it's right here. And don't get me started again. Uh, yeah, the drums were... For as many problems I had with the drums, they were definitely better than the drummer from Striper. For um, sure. So but yeah, Striper everyone live uh, would really change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really change your mentality on this, guys. Think about Striper yeah. live. Think about the hell of the devil change that whole from front to back live. <laughs> oh my god, so good, Joe. Hey, do you want to plug anything? Uh, check out my band Lucha. We're from Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, we just have that same. Our thing is uh, just go hard or go home or and uh, and having creative freedom. So like that's kind of our mentality in this project. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, uh, Lucha underscore O-M-A. And uh, we have a new single coming out soon sometime. So heck yeah, there there are a few Luchas on Spotify. So I recommend if you I'm trying to find what's the uh, first division name? That you had division i it's always easy for me to find you if i'm not like to look for like lucha space like gimbal oh, county gotcha. or like division because yeah. there's a couple of them out there but if you're looking on spotify yeah. you can find it that way or you you can go to our instagram and then literally or there and yeah. then go to spotify that way, that way but yeah it's just me and my buddy tommy we've been in bands forever and we just like we're just like oh hey let's just do this we're dads and we still just want to make something creative and have fun with it. So it's the hardest enjoy. dad rock you'll ever hardest listen to. <laughs> Can you say hardest? <laughs> That's what you guys the same to. sentence. You can't do that. Oh, dude. God. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't Welcome to dude. hard oh, dad man. jams now. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Gross. Uh, All right. On that note. Hey, thanks for having me on here, guys. I, I truly whatever, enjoy dude. hanging out with you guys. Whatever. Thanks for coming. You're never Joe. coming back. <laughs> Actually, I'm just kidding. What do you think? Uh, oh, okay. Hey. Listen, I know it's down to the wire, but Joe, um, you just want to come back and take my 
place on the podcast. <laughs> no, we're gonna have the first episode of a kind. No, of I, I quit, guys. Joe's just gonna take I'll, my place. I'll do it. I'll do He's it. so much better. I literally thought it. I was like, oh, we're gonna do it without. Kind I know, of and then I remembered like... right at the end. No, I have to quit. The fans demand it. <laughs> By fans, I mean the demons screaming in my head after listening to a fifteen-minute metal song. <laughs> uh, you guys follow us on Instagram at. Oh God, what is our Instagram? <laughs> Church okay. Jams Now. On Instagram at Church Jams Now, on Twitter at Jams underscore Now, on Facebook, search Church Jams Now Podcast uh, for updates on everything. Um, if you like what you hear and you want to hear even more stuff, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Church Jams Now Podcast. And on this note, we'll leave it to TJ to lead us out. Oh, hey, guys. Uh, first off, I just want to say sorry for my absolutely ludicrous, unexpected absence. But I'm back now, and I'm ready to give my flopper bop assessment on Bless the Chariot, Kiss the Norma Jean. I'm worried that the entire world is counting on me, and they don't even know it, especially because this album organized my brain into something beyond recognition. Um, I'll just come right out and say it. Even though Joe's mom and Stabman almost made this podcast episode a bop for me. Wait, oh, I'm supposed to be talking about the album, not the podcast. Mm, yeah, this album was a big old flippity flop for me. Um, as for the reasons why, please see Kylan's entire assessment of the album. Honestly, I agreed with about 99% of what you had to say, Kylan. It was pretty cool. It's almost like you've got a music review podcast or something. Anyway, I appreciate you guys asking for my opinion. I'm sorry all my hot takes were so spicy. And I know I was pretty long-winded on this episode, so I'll just end it here by saying, Peace out, mom frares. Woo! Wow, I did not expect it to go in that direction. Oh, man. I'm full of surprises. <laughs> that, like... Uh, All right. I mean, if you want to leave it like that, I do. That's, that's a mean, lot to unpack. <laughs> right. Man. We can't help it. So, I love you guys. Love you too, buddy. Oh, I love you too, man. You're right. 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 You